Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, back in studio just in the nick of time uh, as I was out, uh, well, presenting. Uh, it was an Amway meeting. No, it wasn't an Amway meeting. Super Don says it was. But I actually met with the Sisters of Liberty. I'm going to talk about that this morning in a living room. Ladies that have been meeting together, dozens of them, for like 12 years. What did I talk about? What did I tell them? We're going to find out. Also, the FDA is set to approve Novavax. Remember the uh, Godzilla versus Mothra? I'll get to that as well. Uh, hey, our buddy Rick Jaffe, Esquire, turning on the uh, the the heat in the legal, uh, let's say, challenge to First Amendment violations by the medical board there in California and more. We've got an update from Rick, just filed a new suit. And TMB, Ty Bollinger, going outside the box an hour or two. We've got a lot to talk about, including the uh, flexible, ever-changing definition of what a vaccine is when the CDC was caught dead to rights with a definition that didn't meet what the mRNA jab is. Hold that and a whole lot more. Join us now. Send your friends on over to us. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Chat room is live and happening. Power to Heal is yours. I'm here to remind you. Let's get this healing party started now. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Where does real change happen? Where? Where does it happen? How about the kitchen table? The kitchen counter? How about the living room? That was happening this morning for me. I was meeting with a group called the Sisters of Liberty, and they have apparently been meeting together weekly, pretty much without fail, for 12 years. All these wonderful women that are, are all about uh, liberty, as you might imagine, saying the Pledge of Allegiance before the event as well, having a prayerful start to the things, and they bring in invited speakers, guests, and I was a guest in their home and uh, just had a wonderful time. And it was is quite different than what happened at the Red Pill Expo, even though the Red Pill Expo was awesome as I was emceeing it this past weekend. Y'all check that out. It was amazing. But I had 20 minutes to get out a lot of information. So it was, it was a different presentation at this morning's uh, event in the in the. Uh, in the living room, show the picture, super Don. You got a couple of pictures from that. There it was this morning. I brought all my supplements. I brought some sovereign silver, some sovereign copper. I brought some books that cardio miracle is there. And, and I got to just, they say, how much time do you need? I'm like, all right, well, I got to be back in time to do a show. Okay. Well, whatever. It's like two and a half, almost three hours later. I'm like, Oh my gosh, super Don. I got a show. What, what are we doing today? <laughs> it was like that afterwards, but it was, it was so different. Uh, that it was like very relaxed, casual, talking about just about everything, laying it all out on the line. Got to cover a lot of topics, answer a lot of questions. And uh, the the folks that are coming together like this, they didn't stop through COVID. They didn't run and hide in fear. They kept meeting. And this is where the change is happening. And my point is, well, if you're watching the Robert Scabell show, hey, pull up a chair, put it somehow on your TV if you want. And check it out with friends and family once in a while. Come together and, and talk about what's happening. If not, of course, the live chat room, next best thing at robertscottbell.com slash listen. Or the various social medias that we're not banned on may still be able to carry it for you as well. And then take what we talk about here and talk about it amongst yourselves. Share the show. Share the good news. The uplifting, empowering, healthful, and healing information. And so, uh, Super D, did you see those? You, you saw those pictures, of course, in the living room there. Did you think I was like selling stuff or something? You, you told me it looked like an Amway meeting. Is that what it was? It was. Uh, it, it did kind of. And now, now of course, I wouldn't know that unless I'd been to one. <laughs> right. Actually, I actually I was in Amway for a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
many you years know, those, ago. Those things would be good if they were actually not selling but sharing liberty. And, and these are the things like uh, uh, make I, You know what? I learned a lot from those experiences. I did. Yeah. You know, regardless of what, what it is, whether you like it or not, or, you know, multi-level marketing and all that kind of stuff like that. No, you know, it's the Make Americans Free Again. Remember those pimp opera rallies type things? I do. Don't that was more yeah. or less people coming together, not selling people on anything, but just sharing what they've been going through. What do they see? What do they perceive about the world? And finding out you're not alone. And and, and that was kind of, within this morning, once again, we talked about freedom issues, but it was more or less a lot of the deficiency syndromes manifesting as COVID, COVID jab, adverse events, and just, you know, sharing pragmatic and practical tools, which I love to do. I don't often be able, I'm not able to do that in a focused way every show because we like to in interview and in introduce you to great folks that are not me, <laughs> like Rick Jaffe today, who's going to join us in a few minutes. But, you know, talking about this, one of the things that was kind of funny at the end Everybody was all into it, and, and oh, I had some sovereign copper, so we were. my wife was with me. We were pouring shots of copper, and the lady, one of the ladies, after she drank it, she's like, oh, where did this come from? Uh, it's the mineral copper. It's refined five-ninths pure. Is it an animal product? Did it come from an animal? Because I talk about eating liver. She's like, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. The last time I accidentally ate something from an animal, I had dreams of animal slaughter. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, you're good. The only thing you're going to dream of here is mines of copper, and you'll be okay. Mm. Uh, but then there was other another lady at the end came up and said, uh, so what if I have to get a vaccine, which one should it be? Should I take a vaccine? I'm like, did you sleep through my lecture? <laughs> what did you did you miss something here? Did you do like, you know, the, here's the best vaccine to, to take or something? Yeah, no, obviously I told her uh, there is nothing good that is coming out of this vaccine other than the awareness of people that didn't get it. They're glad they didn't get it. Uh, so. Well, you know, it's funny that actually that that happened because our first story of the day has to do with vaccines. Not that that's unusual, right? But, right. but this particular vaccine uh, is kind of unusual uh, compared to everything else that we've been talking about over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I actually have gotten a number of questions from people. Um, mm -hmm. It's been a little while, but I can right. remember when we were in the thick of the, the pandemic and the coronavirus and the vaccines and emergency use authorizations and mrna and all that stuff yeah. that there was this one vaccine over here just kind of in the shadows uh and it was a vaccine called novavax yeah and, and i had MRNA. several people that uh sent in questions asking mm. about that and at the time we really didn't know much about it do they want us to endorse it and bless them for it or what well listen fear is a real thing and it it can affect anybody and everybody Okay, at one time or another, uh, everybody's susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so with all of the fear of the mRNA vaccine, when this particular vaccine from this company popped up as an alternative, yeah. a lot of people were looking at it going, you know what, I'm, I'm still, I'm kind of worried about this coronavirus thing. So if I chose to get a vaccine, would you be like, would you look at this and say that would be like a better alternative to one of these Pfizer vaccines or these Moderna vaccines, because apparently the Novavax vaccine is based on old technology. Older, yeah. Uh, but remember I mentioned uh, Godzilla versus Mothra? Do you remember yes. Mothra? Of course I remember Mothra. Or I don't remember exactly. I think there was a movie and a book called The Mothman Prophecies. But, That's but really, the Mothra, why do I bring that up? Because this is using genetic material from a moth in the, pr in the production. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is better. Right? Do you remember? Uh, well, but see, now, okay, look. Let, let's, let, let's, you know, you're right, talking right, about, right. 
You were talking about pragmatism there just a moment ago, right? I was, wasn't I? If somebody mm -hmm. is going to get vaccinated, if they said, you know what, listen, I mm -hmm. think this COVID thing is something I need to do something yeah. to protect myself. I have chosen to get vaccinated. I am going to get the Novavax vaccine instead mm -hmm. of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine. Now, you could say, all right, so you know, you just want the devil you know. I get it. Uh, and I understand that you're going to say no vaccine is a good idea. They haven't come up with a vaccine that you could say is a safe vaccine, 100% safe. But could close. you say that perhaps mm -hmm. uh, the Novavax vaccine would be, if you were going to get a vaccine, that one would be better than the unknown mRNA thing that's going on? Or would you say it doesn't matter? All well, vaccines are bad. Don't take any vaccines or you can't listen to my show. Well, the government is, is set to approve it, right? They're set to go. Correct. Yeah, okay. So yes. if the government says it's safe and effective, what do you think is the answer? What is the real the reality of the situation? And Robert, the government the, somewhere, I could probably yeah. go somewhere in the CDC and they're going to yeah. tell you that drinking water is good for you. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't drink water because the government said that you should, right? Oh, well, did they say homeopathy is good for you? You didn't answer. You I didn't address my, my question. I rest my case. You no. you totally sidestepped what I said. You don't know. Hey, <laughs> good job. A, good job. There's a great meme that I saw Rob Schneider just shared. It's one of those pictures of uh, uh, DiCaprio when he's in, I think, uh, that uh, Quentin Tarantino film. He's like a plantation owner or something or whatever. Oh, and Django. It, Django. Yeah, right? that's a Django. good movie. You, you know that, that meme where he's like, you know, with the, the little whatever. And it yeah. says... Some of you are going to keep trusting the government until your pronouns are was yes, and were. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, I know. That's what I'm talking about I here know. with this issue. So, no, the, you know, the, the so-called older technologies for coronavirus vaccines result. At least more... we know what that is, though, right? I mean, at least we can say, you know what? We know what that is. You, we actually have ways that you can try and detox from that, yeah. that you can do something about Versus the mRNA, which is like, right. you know, we still have no idea what the heck that thing is you, doing, right? right? You're, you're understanding the way you're going to die a little bit better than, the, than by taking the mRNA <laughs> shot. Okay, great. Good for you. FDA is set to authorize Novavax's COVID-19. Remember, I bring this up because the more traditional uh, coronavirus vaccines always resulted in mass death of those that the animals they tested it on. And uh, the, the issue of antibody-dependent enhancement or pathogenic priming, whatever you perceive it to be, basically death by cytokine storm. And, and so I guess if that's what you want, right, we've got remedies. I talk about copper as a mineral managing systemic cytokine response. So, yeah, uh, Super Don, you're right in terms of what we know, the quote-unquote devil you know. But I am not going to say, yes, get that over that. I'm going to say get none. Of course, none. of right. course. Just so it's you know, a, I don't want anybody. It's an either or. It's a one or the other. I don't want anybody misconstruing what we're talking about here. Don, of Super course Don wants not. To Nobody's going to say that you, you now we, we're now going to have commercials on the show for Novavax. I mean, it's Super Don just wants me to endorse a vaccine. I know that's what he's trying totally. to get me to do. You're I'm just, totally trying to trick you. Like, yes. What no. day? What day is this? What year? What planet? I, are we I am. I am just trying to address because there are some people in real world right. uh, that that were concerned and we're we're curious about what your opinion was mm -hmm. on that. So yeah, the inevitability of authorizing everything. They want to get anybody that has some, let's say, fence-sitting reluctance as opposed to obstinate, uh, 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 you know, you, they ain't nothing you can do to get me to take the shot, right? So there are people that they're always trying to, how do we chip away at, capture a little bit of the middle? And so, What if Neil Diamond endorsed it? I'd never listen to his music again. Probably not. You know, we've talked about this before. Okay. It just kind of sucks right. when these people do that. He hasn't, by the way, Barry Manilow has. <laughs> so there. He did? 
No, I'm just playing. What? I'm playing oh, your okay. role today, Super Don. You're All pushing. Right. You're pushing okay. me. All right. Uh, so the expected authorization is coming two years after setbacks at Novavax. It was considered the most promising thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Trump administration went as far as pre-ordering 110 million doses, investing $1.6 billion in the process. Didn't he love this? Government knows exactly what to do, how to allocate funds, right? If you want to guarantee they, the misallocation of funds, ask government to, to place orders. They've done things. a great job so far, haven't they? Yeah, that's incredible. So they authorized the mRNA ones, not this one. Now they're going, oh, maybe we should bring this one back in because... Well, the idea is that we'll come out with this one. We'll say, hey, it's not mRNA, and that's yeah. going to convince some people that have been riding the fence because yeah. they don't trust the mRNA. They'll go, okay, well, then this this, this is not yeah. mRNA. So. And, of course, they focused it on a recombinant protein made from moth cells. Moth cells? Oh, moth Does anybody have cool, a problem man. with that? Like, remember the Well, it's fly? not an aborted baby cell. Do you, well, there might be that, too. They're not going to mention it in a political oh. article. But, Super right. Don, do you remember the, 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 the fly? There was a 1950s version, and then there was the Jeff Goldblum, David Cronenberg right. version of the right. fly. Yep, yep. Can you imagine, you know, getting injected with the Mothman uh, injection, and you start turning it into I mean, look, all of this stuff is monkeying with DNA in ways we don't even understand completely, certainly. it's Yeah, it's not an mRNA shot, but there's no basis for or need for an injection of any of these COVID claim, proclaimed vaccines, which aren't actually vaccines. This might actually technically maybe one if it elicits an antibody response, because that's what they always were designed to do. Whereas the COVID mRNA jabs do not. We're going to talk about uh, vaccine definitions. That plays a big role in some of these lawsuits as well. But, dude, just this is just, you know, one disaster over another. If you think you can this is where people get mad at me. But if, if you think you can change the government, if we just voted better people in, this wouldn't happen. It's like this is happening from the oligarchy that doesn't get elected. They pre-exist and post-exist your favorite Republican or Democrat that you send in to office. Congress doesn't have any oversight. They don't engage in any oversight. Now, maybe there might be some improvement with the Supreme Court decision that tagged the uh, EPA. You know, will it impact Chevron in deference to the bureaucratic oligarchy experts that are not experts? We'll see. I, I, these are a lot of questions I have for uh, for Rick Jaffe. In addition to, of course, he wants to talk and I want to talk to him about the latest California lawsuit against the uh, Medical Board of California. In addition to everything else that I've got on my mind, we'll see what we get to. Let's bring our good buddy, our good pal, Rick Jaffe. Back in from California. Rick, what are you still doing in California? Haven't I told you to leave? Uh, yeah, you, you, you have done that. Actually, I work in California, but I don't live in California anymore. Okay, all right. Well, it's like if you got the work part and you don't have to live there, all right. I'll give you some props for that. It's too crazy. Here. It's too crazy. It's, it's crazy there. Yeah, it is. It is. I know you know that. We like you and we appreciate you and we don't want you harmed by any cooties in California. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, yeah, you know, what's interesting, just on, on that note, what I found is over the last few years, at least in this movement, the community, the community concerned with vaccines, the people that the, 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 the people, the organizers of the movement that could leave California have left mm -hmm. and they're still involved, but they've all left yeah. California. Doctors, there's like an outflow I think of the leadership because there's just there are other places to live, and one of the places they they move to I think is Tennessee, and you know, but you know maybe Florida, but a lot of them I think are I'm, I'm just uh, uh, anecdotally mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, think that a lot of these people have moved to Tennessee because they're a little more uh, uh, in line with what this community thinks. So that's well, it, just, it, it leaves uh, the, the people left there in California even more vulnerable to the crazy before. And I don't blame those people for leaving. At a certain point, you've got to say self-preservation is, is primary so I can live to fight another day. For those that are uh, doing their best in California, even running for office, God bless you. You know, I hope that good people win. But the machine there, like the machine in the District of Criminals in Washington, is so overwhelming. And it's been entrenched for generations that, um, you know, as long as we're participating and funding and supporting, all of our efforts are typically used against us in their own form of kung fu. And we haven't been good enough to to counter it. Right. You know, and the particular problem in California now for people in this community is this is the battle I've been fighting for three or four years now is the whole vaccine mandate issue, right? California is one of the states where, you know, they don't have any kind of religious or or personal belief exemption. And, you know, they had some relief supposedly under this SB 277, and then a lot of docs got uh, 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 sanctioned for that. But, you know, basically a lot of people uh, contact me. A lot of families contact me and they had these exemptions and they're gone because of uh, their doctors were sanctioned or under the new law that you have to follow the ASIP guidelines. So, you know, one of the most frustrating things I've had to do is, you know, I write this little blog and people ask me all the time, what do I do? I have the child with X, Y, and Z and they're maybe they're autistic or on the borderline and they've had all these horrible vaccine reactions. But of course, None of this qualifies for a medical exemption uh, for any vaccine, yet alone all the vaccines. And, you know, essentially in California, your choice is is you have to come in complete compliance with the schedule, albeit that whatever the catch-up schedule is, you homeschool or you leave the state. And that's it. So so what I, I have found is those people that have the job opportunity or the flexibility or the money and mm-hmm. have kids, they're leaving. They're just getting out of Dodge because you have no, you have no alternatives now. So I think what's happening is uh, you're having kind of a drain of people who, who can, and then there are other people who have no choice. They just have to stay there. And it could be because their job is there. Or, you know, if you're divorced, you can't leave the state, you know, without your spouse, ex-spouse's permission. So I think right now, as a, a, apart from this lawsuit that we'll talk about, that's a big problem in California. I mean, if you if you if you have concerns about the vaccine, or if your children have had you know uh, uh, prior problems, adverse events, or uh, you have some genetic predispositions, I mean, in California, you're really out of luck. You have no options the way you do, even in, say, Massachusetts, where they have a religious exemption where it's essentially no questions asked. You fill out a form and boom, you don't yeah. have to get vaccinated. Well, so, of course, in that state, which state did you mention that? You fill out a form? Cal- uh, Massachusetts has a medical exemption. Really? And as liberal as, as the Boston people are, they've, they've not pushed for an elimination of all exemptions? Well, I think they're pushing, but, but yeah. you, you know, what's interesting is it's also just, again, just, just, to, just to talk a little bit, you know, in terms of the flu vaccine, mm-hmm. I, Massachusetts, there, a lot of the Northeast states have a very high percentage, you know, close to 70% of people to take the annual flu vaccine. But in California, I think it, before the COVID vaccine, I think it was under 50% you know, yeah. 48, 50% or something like that. So, you know, I, it just, there's a lot going on, but it's becoming tougher and tougher to live in California 
you know, and of course they were, they had some of the, 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 the biggest uh, mandates and lockdowns uh, 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 around the country and everyone was mm -hmm. after Newsom and all that. So yeah, it's yeah. becoming tougher and tougher to live in California. Okay. Well, uh, pause on that because my buddy in California, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center, had a suggestion for us because, you know, we don't have any pharmaceutical money coming in to support this show. I know it's crazy, Rick, that we're even here 23 years later. How did we survive on the, on nothing, basically? Well, how do uh, you survive? All right. Yeah. Ask, so that's not a rhetorical question. How do you survive? Don't you have, you have sponsors, right? Well, a lot of, ge you know, generous folks that participate and support us on Patreon. That's some. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we do have some good companies that do support uh, this message of health, freedom and healing, liberty and love the audience and appreciate them. But Bolden suggested we take uh, uh, who makes the. Uh, the 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 moth virus there super don what was that company again it, we should go to them and say hey we'll endorse you you give us a zillion dollars and and <laughs> we'll take their money and tell the truth like I, I remember the story of uh was it will rogers who i think it was like he hated lipton tea or something like that and he just trashed lipton tea and they were his main sponsor but it didn't matter because he mentioned lipton tea and people bought lipton tea so maybe we can get away with that i mean that's just a a Michael Bolden suggestion. He's silly. I love him though. <laughs> so in the meantime, you have done something interesting because you've filed suits in California, some successful, some not always trying to push and move uh, the envelope back to freedom. Uh, this lawsuit, we have it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. It'll take you to rickjaffeesquire.com and specifically this lawsuit, California medical board sued for free speech violations. And there might be more lawsuits coming so what have we learned from previous suits that we couldn't do or didn't do before that you're doing this time that's different okay so this is not jacobson all right this is not a vaccine mandate issue you know uh I'm, my next post is about what people get wrong about jacobson all right a lot of people don't like it they want it to change that has to do with whether the government has the right to mandate a vaccine, all right? And I think as of now, I think it's pretty safe to say that they do. We don't like it, it might want to change, but mandates are constitutional. They've been constitutional since Jacobson. This, and just as an aside, let me put one thing to rest and I'll put this in my post. Mm -hmm. This $5 fine stuff, it, it, you know, we're limited to that and they say, well, we'll pay the $5 fine. That's what happened in Jacobson. But a few uh -huh. years later, the Supreme Court essentially used Jacobson to uphold a school mandate. There was no $5 fine. And they said, look, we've already decided the school mandate issue in Jacobson. Yeah. It's like a, a paragraph opinion. So since 1922, I believe it was when the Zunt case came out, it's been clear that Jacobson stands for the proposition that a state or municipal government can mm. mandate vaccines, right? And that's right now, that's still the law of the land. My lawsuit has nothing to do with that. So, okay. And by the way, Rick, you're not endorsing and you're, you're like, ah, rah, rah, Jacobson, it's such a great decision. When you say this, you're just acknowledging the status in our own government via that decision, which is established by a Supreme Court, whatever decision, but you know, the Supreme Court gets it wrong all the time. And then someone else comes in a different court and corrects it, that kind of thing. Well, nobody's going to correct the Supreme Court except the Supreme Court, but it's the law. It's a statement of fact. It's not an endorsement. The, yeah. Unless the law the, the comes to my house. Rick Jaffe to endorse it is the law. I just wanted to say that that law stops at my house. 
That one does, okay, right? Well, maybe yeah. it does. But the point is that, that so any lawyer, any lawyer that's objective would tell you the same thing. It's the law of the land. A lot of people want to change it. Maybe it's going to change. Mm -hmm. Maybe I might even try to change it. But right mm -hmm. now it's the law of the land. But that is completely different from this from suit, yeah. what has happened in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of years, what has happened, we've gone on this COVID misinformation thing, right? Mm -hmm. So this is taken, let me give you the context of this. This manifests itself in different ways. It has to do with censorship on Facebook, like what they do to Bobby Kennedy and all the people that are, are so-called anti-vaxxers where they just, if they don't kick them off, they just lessen their scope of who they reach, right? So that's one manifestation of it, of, of how the government deals with misinformation or how private parties deal with misinformation. All right, then what happened is historically, just a couple of years ago, you started having these doctor groups, these people in white coats that would knock the vaccine, knock the mandates and everything. They'd line up in Congress. You know, it's the American frontline doctors and the frontline this and Peter McCullough that. And all these doctors wearing white coats that would say bad things about the mandates and the vaccine. And maybe it was effective, maybe it wasn't. But, you know, the answer is, I think it's, by the way, I think there's only like 49.5% of the people in this country who are eligible for, for the vaccine and the boosters that have gotten it. So whatever they're doing, at least up until a couple of months ago, it hasn't been an overwhelming success, at least in terms of the booster program. So one of the ways that I think the government is trying to deal with that is to go after these doctors who are knocking, you know, various aspects of the mandate and, and, and the COVID thing. And how, how, so what happened is last July, the Federation of State Medical Boards put out a press release. That's all it was, a press release saying, our members, the medical boards around this country should sanction doctors. They should investigate doctors who stand up in public and knock Tony Fauci and mm -hmm. say bad things about the vaccine and are against the mandates. And they should investigate these doctors and should de-license them, all right? So that was what the Federation of State Medical Boards did. And front and center of this, was this, I guess, Simone Gold, who, you know, stood on the steps of the Capitol and with her and her group, they were just knocking the vaccine. So that started a movement around the country in the medical boards to try to go after doctors or at least put board policies uh, in their <clears throat> board laws. Right? Rick, doesn't, doesn't that kind of cross over into a, an overt governmental attempt at censorship that's not deniable plausibly so to speak because these boards are sanctioned by the government even though they may not have government workers on the boards that then now they're targeting the speech of doctors who are licensed to say we now because of your status as a licensed doctor we can restrict your freedom of speech your first amendment protected rights so to speak yes and let me just clarify things because there's a confusion there state okay. medical boards are state agencies period all Period. of them. Okay. So it doesn't matter that the people on them might not be quote unquote government workers, right? That was a good. Well, well and that's, that's an interesting point. That's a very yeah. sophisticated point because the, what the boards are, boards consist, they have two functions. They're actually doctors and lawyers who are the so-called members of the medical board. And mm -hmm. they typically are not 
employees of government. They are lawyers or doctors sure. who work coming in to serve work. on the board. That's why I brought that up because I knew you would know that and help us understand and, and parse right. this. So those are the members of the board. But it but but beyond that, you have what's called uh, uh, the, the board staff. In New York, there's a distinction between the Office of Professional Medical Con uh, uh, Conduct and the, mm -hmm. the, the Bureau of Medical Conduct. And, and the, the Bureau, I think, is the staff and the, the officers, the board, whatever, which way it is. So you have two specific parts of every board. You have mm -hmm. individual members uh, of the board who are not government employees, and then you have government employees who run the operation and control the investigations. And that's headed by an executive director who has a staff of 50 or 100, and he ultimately says who gets investigated for what. So, mm -hmm. but a medical board is a state agency. You don't have to say it's like a state agency. It's a state agency, so, which means the 14th Amendment applies. They have okay, to follow so the, the Constitution. Right. So this is a, that's why I'm so glad you, you said that, because that clears up some of the controversy around the plausible deniability of like, we're not really censoring or we're not really the government. Any number of ways that no, they they're, the government. To do it. No, right. they're not making that argument. They're not the government. Right. Now, that argument, let me just make one point, other point of clarification, which now people are getting confused of. That is mm -hmm. different from medical certification boards, like board yeah. certified. You know the concept Correct. of board certified? Your oh, yeah, doctor, absolutely. your attorney is board certified. Yeah, I, Those certification mm -hmm. organizations are 100% private. They're private right. organizations. They decide that they are going to be in charge of certifying boards. Uh, well, of, and, and, they can and they can qualify on a private basis to define the qualifications. Can they not as a private right. board? But they're private. Yeah. That's different yeah. than a medical board. You got it? Right. Board so, of licensure is different. Yes. So licensure is different than, cert than private certification boards. All right. So you have all these states that are trying to figure out what to do with these doctors who are having you know, promoting COVID information. So mm -hmm. you have New Mexico, which passed a board policy saying, you know, if you do COVID misinformation, it's board sanctionable. Tennessee did the same thing. And because Tennessee's Tennessee and it's Republican, the state legislature basically threatened to disband the board and pass the statute overturning that board policy. And it says, look, the board, it took away the board's right to discipline a physician for so-called COVID misinformation. Speech right? violation, so to speak. Right. And what you have now is you have as many as 30 states around the country that are in the process of passing laws, stopping the boards hmm. from investigating or sanctioning doctors for what the boards call COVID misinformation. Uh, so this whole Federation of State Medical Board mm. a program yeah. so far has failing. But of course, in California, yeah. it's working. Oh, yeah. No, they're loving so it in California. California is California. Two it things have happened. First, the board started to investigate a couple of these doctors for COVID misinformation. And secondly, um, in February, you know, Senator Pan and some of his friends introduced a COVID misinformation bill, right? To make it a board sanctionable offense to speak out in public about, uh, well, knocking Fauci or the CDC or knocking vaccines. That's COVID misinformation. And that was going to be board sanctionable. 
and it had nothing to do with what you tell a patient. If you got on up and spoke to the media or spoke at your school board saying you don't agree with uh, that kids should wear a mask, that's a board disciplinable offense under this bill, or at least under the original part of the bill. And then what happened? Within six weeks, there were so many people that pointed out the obvious, which is that a medical board can't sanction a doctor for publicly speaking out about an issue of public health. I mean, not in this country anyway, or so far. So what happened is the California legislature acknowledged that and they, they amended the bill to make it only applicable between a doctor and a patient in terms of uh, a, a recommendation for treatment or advice. So they essentially gutted the whole, the Federation's program of trying to stop people from speaking, doctors from speaking out in, term, uh, in terms of COVID information or misinformation. They've gutted that and essentially made it, well, it's just about what you tell a particular patient. So that was sort of a big win for the people that value free speech in California. But for some reason, the medical board hasn't gotten, they haven't gotten the memo. So the medical board is still investigating doctors for speaking out in public about, you know, about things which are, which, which the medical establishment doesn't agree to. So, you know, I, I've been very active in this uh, uh, legislative issue. And, you know, I found a doctor, it really offended me. And I found a doctor who was the subject of one of these ongoing investigations. And the guy was just, he's a plastic surgeon. I mean, he's just, you know, and he spoke at a Zoom meeting for two minutes because, you know, kids go to private school and he was concerned what the public schools are going to do because the private schools follow the public schools. So, you know, he was the perfect plaintiff. It has nothing to do with Jacobson. It's not uh, uh, a medical exemption. It's just a First Amendment issue. So I didn't really have, he is a client. I don't have an organization behind it. But, you know, so I decided I'm going for it. I'm tired of getting pushed around in California. So I decided I'm just going to file a lawsuit for him and stop the board from doing any investigation now or in the future on this COVID misinformation public speech stuff, which is just flat out unconstitutional. So this has been filed as of this week, correct? Correct. We filed it last Friday. And uh, what I think the next step is, uh, what I've got it right now is a motion uh, um, for preliminary injunction. And the board's going to try to throw out the case, of course. And I think we're going to be in in court mid-September, early September, have Mm -hmm. an answer but but it's just and what I did is most complaints you just state what the facts are and then you just throw some boilerplate. But this is such an egregious case and the law is so strong that what I decided to do in this complaint is I just set out all the law and I set out all the cases. There's a Supreme Court. There, there there's Supreme Court cited some judge who likened what what government restrictions of free speech was to the Nazis. And I'm not a big believer in doing that kind of thing, but this, the courts have said this. The court, and you're using the court's to, own words. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've just, I've just time. And, and they talk about this being, you, you know, 1984 and, 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 you know, Orwellian speak where you have a ministry of truth 
So I've literally, in this case, just cited all these courts that were just appalled by governments saying that mm -hmm. you by by court saying you can't restrict free speech just because the guy's a doctor. So mm -hmm. the, to me, you know, I think this is my case to lose. Unlike you know the the tilting at the windmills with Jacobson, right. we've got the law on our side. We're right. right. We're having a reaction around the country. The legislatures aren't going to do it, but California is California. So my goal is to to stop it in California. And if I get enough support, I'll file lawsuits in every state where they're trying to do this same thing. Every single state, because we are right on this. I'm 100 percent convinced we're right and we're going to win. Yeah, you set this up also for uh, support, public, if you will, or individuals that want to support this. Uh, right, page. right. And we have a right. link in there, yeah. PayPal and, you know, credit card. So, you know, I like I say, I'm doing this on my own. I'm just a private lawyer. I don't have funding for anyone. And I decided, uh, uh, you know, I can't take this anymore. You know, after yeah. all the years of litigating in California and banging my head against the wall in these medical yeah. exemption cases, I have to do something. I'm going you, after the board. You are uh, Albert Finney and Network. I'm mad as right, hell. Right, right. I'm not going to take hell and I'm not taking it anymore. Right. Yeah. No, I appreciate that about you, Rick. I really do. And you know, onto the that the whole Jacobson thing as well. I just wanted to uh, reiterate definitions. You know, in law, words have meaning, and if you don't know the meaning, that meaning will be used against you in your ignorance of it. If it means something in a common vernacular versus what it means in a contract or within the court system, that those are the things that can trip you up and make you lose a case. And I think the government is is a little on edge now, and I'm going to co cover this more in an hour too about the definition of a vaccine because CDC was caught red-handed trying to alter the definition of a vaccine because the mRNA shots don't meet the definition. And nothing, as far as I know to this point, besides CDC saying, we've changed the definition, meets the statutory definition, which they have not changed. CDC can't change the statutes. It can change its use of the term and definition, but they're still vulnerable to that. So when we talk about vaccine mandates, we need to stop using the term vaccine as it's used with mRNA injections, which are a form of gene, dare I say, therapy that don't meet the statutory definition. So that's one of the strategies anyway, moving forward to get outside of Jacobson because it's not a vaccine. Well, you know, whatever works. Let me ask them. Suppose you call it a... Um but just as we're kicking this around and maybe, you know, people have some thoughts, let's say you called a, 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 um, a medical therapeutic mm -hmm. doesn't. So um, let me, so I guess the, the, the broader question is how do you think it helps you mm -hmm. if they can't use the word vaccine in terms of a mandate? Right. Because they've relied upon their statutory definition of vaccine for the mandates. That's part of the game. And uh, the changing of the word, even as you said, to a medical therapeutic, we would now need to investigate are there definitions, legal or statutory definitions to that, because this is something so different than anything that's presented in terms of a, a mass in, 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 in uh, let's say, acceptance or mandate in terms of gene alteration therapy. In other words, something that is injected into you that literally, not figuratively, alters DNA protein synthesis. That's a that's a whole different game that hasn't been fully litigated or statutorily uh, addressed. So that's why I think it's a greater vulnerability in terms of if we call it what it is, not what they want us to call it, that we have, again, a legislative or a legal standing that we didn't have in terms of it's being called a vaccine or something else. But you think, right, right you got to think about all of those things. And that's some of the strategies that are being used in terms of pushing back right now and also making them culpable or liable 
for uh, uh, actually crimes, including premeditated murders, like with with some of the uh, protocols that are in the hospitals, because you can show what they did know in advance of them putting protocols together that are proven to be completely deadly and not therapeutic, so to speak, unless therapeutic means to kill. Right. Well, what bothers me, I don't know about murder, but I'm trying to put together a list of, and this is going to be in my motion, all the times mm -hmm. the, C the CDC and the government was wrong and had a backtrack. Like, like, yep. and talk about like ventilators, right? Turns out that the use of early ventilators end up killing a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> so, you, you know, uh, so uh, that, you know, we have the transmissibility issue, the infection issue. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, I think what, what, what I think I'm going to make put in this in this case is that, you know, what do people do now? Because we are both told that the new variant, uh, uh, the old vaccines don't work as well in the new variant. Mm -hmm. But there's no new vaccine. But they still no, and they still want you to get boosted with a vaccine that is what well under fifty percent effective. Yeah. But and they're at the same time cajoling the vaccine makers to make a more effective vaccine, a more effective booster. So, you know, I mean, the notion that you can't talk about that and that's mm -hmm. COVID misinformation seems crazy to me. No, I, I think you have a very, very <laughs> strong case. You, you've really analyzed it specific to the boards of licensure, if you will, in the states. You've mentioned the legislative uh, response in certain more red states. But at the same time, you know, for me going all the way for liberty, I would say the abolition of licensing boards would be the end goal to just eliminate the idea that government has authority to prohibit certain actors or entry into other than for fraud or deception, things like that of illegality. The actions of private uh, board certification is a way we could establish standards without having a government suppression of speech or other rights guaranteed, if you will, by the Constitution, not granted by it, but guaranteed by it. And I think that the concept of licensure is long past. When we look at what licensure has done, it's not to protect the public. It's to establish economic monopolies or control monopolies and uh, limit innovation, reduction in pricing, on and on it goes. I know that's not the subject of our talk today, but I just always like well, talking well, about it. Well, but you know, you have, you have a, an interesting point hmm. in that, when you think about it, what what a board was in the old days was really mm -hmm. they were called the guilds and mm -hmm. they had guilds for all these professions. And they were basically just they were monopolistic attempts to limit the number of practitioners to keep the Correct. fees up. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just that's true. You know, I'm, You're right. I'm just a lawyer, but that's 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 how they started it with these guilds. Mm -hmm. Right, right. That's and you had the Tanner's Guild and you had the Skinner's Guild and you had these guilds and it was like a union and they just controlled all this stuff. So, you know, but I would remind you that that's really a matter of state law. You Correct. Know, licensure yeah. is state yeah. law, not not, not federal. federal. Right. Yeah, that's where we have to see state efforts. And, you know, we've seen carve outs like Diane Miller and the National Health Freedom Coalition uh, create safe harbor states for alternative, if you will, or non-doctors to be able to hang a shingle and do their thing without saying, oh, automatically you're practicing medicine without a quote-unquote <laughs> license. But then again, look at the government uh, bureaucrats 
telling everybody what is or isn't misinformation or that they have to get right. a shot, et cetera. Is that not the practice of medicine? Could it be? I mean, if, if the average person did what the government officials are doing without a license, they would be coming after us. Right. So right. there's a lot of that <laughs> that we overlook. I don't overlook it. I know you don't as well, uh, but I am intrigued by what you're doing. Thankfully, not in California, but yes, in California from afar. Uh, right. to, may it succeed to help those that are stuck there for whatever reason. Otherwise, I don't know. Does China just take it over because there's not enough tax revenue to keep it going as the people that were making the money and create the jobs and the businesses have left and say it's untenable to do business in California. Right. And then you have all the economic stuff. I think most some big percentage of the companies in Florida are called these zombie companies, which don't make any money that just have been living on raising money. Mm -hmm. Now they can't do anymore. So, yeah, California is going to have some tough times, I think. Yeah. You have another article here we have linked up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. It's about AB 2098. Question is the California legislator going to add Fourth Amendment illegality to this First Amendment unconstitutional bill? How, how can you give us an overview on that one? Right. There. So, this AB 2098 is the COVID misinformation bill, which only now applies in its current iteration to communications between a doctor and a patient, presumably even to say via newsletter. And that's why I think it's unconstitutional. So that's what this AB 2098 uh, says. And there's some indication in some of the legislative comments, <coughs> excuse me, that they want to write the right to go into a doctor's office uh, and just walk into a doctor's office and take files. And my view is that would be unconstitutional. The Cal the, actually, the board or, or the California, Med so some medical association sponsored a bill in California to do exactly that. I, I forgot. I, I wrote a couple pieces about that. That's called 920 or something like that. But that's mm -hmm. been put on hold. And it, was, it, it, it looked as if the legislature was trying to stick that back in to this AB 298. And so I was just alerting the community to the fact that, hey, we I thought we already beat back uh, uh, this notion that the board can walk into a doctor's office unannounced and say, I'd like to see 50 year records, which right. is what that bill said. So we just have to be mindful in California that we can't let them do that at some, you know, at the end of the game to stick that back in, which is something we beat back a couple months ago. Okay. Well, that's uh, again, another great article and perspective on what's going on in that crazy state of California. Ah, oh, man. So I, I was uh, thinking about California in so many ways over the years, they've led the nation in, in like natural things, uh, you know, being organic and environmentally uh, sensitive and, and aware and all of that. Yet, They've gone so far in the direction of managing every aspect of people's lives that it becomes untenable to even live there. And it's and, hard. Yeah. You, you know, by the way, that Diamilla thing you're talking about, the first, I believe the first state in the country that allowed unlicensed health practitioners to practice and gave mm -hmm. them what's called the safe harbor yeah. was in California. I think it was SB 590 something or other many years ago. So, and that particularly applied to especially uh, natural paths, because you Correct, have licensed yeah. natural paths that go to these accredited schools, and then 
most naturopaths are or know, traditional don't go to graduate school. Right. So so California, I think, was the first state in the country to allow them to practice. Do things it was either one or, or one A. I think uh, Diane Miller up in Minnesota when Jesse the Body Ventura was governor. Yeah signed i think the first one there but california is not far behind yeah uh, so yeah. this was like in the 90s so so it, it's it's changed i i don't know and of course california allowed medical marijuana yeah. you know and that was i think one of the first things too but then you know it's like on one hand they give it and the other hand they take it away right so they allowed medical marijuana but they went after the doctors that made the recommendations yeah, you know, for yeah. for basically violating the standard of care for not doing all the crazy stuff, all the stuff you have to do right. when you recommend thing. I actually, rec uh, you know, worked on a couple of those cases. So yeah, in so, the meantime, the people says, "Screw that, we're getting it on our own. We don't even want a doctor or need a doctor." So it well, became and, a, and yeah. that's that's exactly right. But but in yeah. the early days, before they legalized it, yeah. you had to have this letter. It was a get out of jail letter, this right. Prop Two Sixteen letter, right? Mm -hmm. Where it was from a doctor, and you get arrested and says, "Here's my letter." So then, what happened is. The sheriff's departments were pretty upset at these doctors, and then they they filed complaints with the board, and they went after all these doctors for writing these let these Prop Two Sixteen letters. Yep, exactly. Well, let's clean up uh, our act wherever we are. Uh, one of those ways to do that is stop spraying toxic, cancerous poisons in and around your house. And if you have any of those toxic, cancerous poisons like Roundup and glyphosate and other pesticides, maybe send it to the California Medical Board or the legislature there, and then you replace it. <laughs> Replace it with some Orange Guard. Our good friend Tor McPartland, who is in California, he's a, a hippie by heart, but he really went all the way up through the EPA rigmarole and got his delimining, a distillate from the orange peel, from citrus, really? regulated and approved as an actual pesticide. So clean. Rick, on the air a couple of weeks ago, I sprayed some in my mouth and drank it. It didn't taste good, but I wasn't poisoned. I wasn't killed. I wasn't harmed. And it, yet, the ants around the house, they don't like it, but your house smells like oranges. And so, uh, Super Don, you got that picture of me in the in the greenhouse with Mar there's Orange Guard, orangeguard.com. You can get it often at local Ace hardware stores. And there it is, delimiting. That's it. You can even dilute it further for certain use around plants. It's certified OMRI for organic agriculture. So you're not going to ruin your status if you're growing organically. Uh, it's an amazing product. And I thank Tor for bringing that out, uh, orangeguard.com. And uh, also, we got some upcoming events. Uh, I spoke with the Sisters of Liberty today. Uh, Friday, I'm going to be speaking at the Health Symposium or Health Solutions Symposium for Defending Utah, July 15th. And I'll be there with Health Independence Alliance and some other doctors as well. That's going to be great. And then we're going to be at, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Rick, how far are you from Pittsburgh? Uh, a couple hundred miles. Okay. Well, I'd say I'm closer and wave to you, but uh, we got a nice education forum coming up. The journey of healthcare with Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Tracy Straub, Dr. Len Brankowitz, and Jamie Dorley from Nutritional Frontiers. That's the 6th of August. That's a Saturday event in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Sheraton. Love to see you there. Then you know about this, Rick, Autism One. Our, sure. our good friends have been running that for years. We lost Ed Aranga recently, but we're going to do a, a very special uh, a dedication and honoring him on the first day, but it'll be 18th through the uh, 21st of August in Mesa, Arizona, autismone.org. I'll be speaking there. Then we have the United States Health Freedom Congress. We were talking about Diane Miller, 13th uh, one that we've done. It's coming back to Minneapolis, St. Paul, September 23rd and 24th. Then I travel back to my old stomping grounds in Orlando, uh, at the Hyatt Regency there, the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. That's the 7th, 8th, and 9th of October. And then we reunite.
the granddaddy of them all, the Health Freedom Expo. We used to have those out in Long Beach too, but now they're basically in the Chicagoland area. Far enough outside of Chicago, I, I feel okay about being there. It's October 15th and 16th, and that's Health Freedom Expo, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com, and of course, trinityschool.org. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about any of the things that we do, come on over to the upcoming events page or tab, and you can see banners on the right-hand side of the of the page if you're on your computer or large tablet. Otherwise, on your phone, you have to scroll all the way down to find out about these things. Rick, do you have any upcoming events where you'll be out speaking at, at health-like events or freedom or legal events? No, I basically I do my speaking, uh, uh, you know, in my writing. I write. I'm, I'm go, I'll yeah. be in court. You want to come see me in court in, in in Sacramento, probably early September. That's my next big thing. All right. So, oh, you want to see Rick Jaffe in action and go to the Sacramento and, when he's in and, court. and then October, mid October, I'm in New, in New York State in New York Court of Appeal. In the state Both court. lovely states for freedom, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, so I, I usually do my talking. I let guys like you and these activists do the speaking in there. I, I do my talking to the judges and on paper. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. No. So between now and like September or October, or the, either of those events, you're, of course, always welcome back to talk about the case as it's evolved so we can learn a little bit more about where things are going. If you need support, that kind of thing, we can put it out there for you, too. Well, I appreciate that. I really appreciate you taking time to uh, have me on. It's an important case. And like I say, we get enough support. We'll do this around the country. But I I, I think we're going to win this one. You know, I've done a couple of vaccine cases and flu vaccine. And, you know, yeah. you got Jacobson. We don't have Jacobson here. We got the yeah. law. If you read the complaint, you, you know, if you read my complaint, you'll see, you'll see we're right. We just, yeah, I, it's I not, agree. It's not it's not an anti-vax screed. It's not, it's nothing really about the vaccine. It's not, it's just what the law is. And the law is you can't, a medical board can't sanction a doctor for speaking out in public. That's yeah. it. It's black letter law. Nice. Well, I listen, I always enjoy talking to you about these issues. I don't pretend to be a lawyer. I know some stuff from reading and I always like throwing them back and forth because part right. of the, the things about strategy is about bouncing things, ideas, running around. Right. Oh, I didn't see it from that angle. And suddenly now a new thing comes up. So for me, it's fun to engage that way. And if it's at all of help to you, again, we put it out there for those in the audience that want to support Rick Jaffe and his efforts. We've got links up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Today is uh, 13th of July, 2022. If you're listening or watching live, or if it's later, it's still pretty good. And we'll get you back on close to the time when the hearings are scheduled. If anybody wants to come see you in the courtroom, or if there's some updates we need to know about, that would be I'd definitely be curious to follow up with you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all your efforts, Scott. And I think that the community, you do the community a, a, a wonderful service. And I'm sure everyone's uh, appreciative of that. Well, yeah, not the pharmaceutical industrial complex, but hey, I'm not here to please them. Well, so, well, not yet. You know, no, I like this idea about Novalex. I think you ought yeah, to be the chief spokesman for Novalex. I should be the spokesman. Throw me <laughs> millions and I'll tell who everybody. Better, who better than a guy like you that doesn't believe in vaccines to hawk their products? Look at there me. There you go. I, it's like the Norelco, the Norelco shave guy. Only yeah. I hate vaccines, but this one's an exception. I think that's a good call. <laughs> I'll be your... I'll be, I'll be your lawyer on that deal to get. The yeah. Answer. And I, I'll have to throw commissions over to the 10th amendment center.com because right. of uh, uh, Michael Bolden's statement there. And maybe we'll get that on board, but <laughs> thanks Rick. I appreciate you. Always enjoy <laughs> right, having you on. Take All right. That's Rick Jaffe Esquire. And we've got, again, his, uh, his uh, website's linked to the articles we've discussed, the lawsuit he's just filed. And uh, again, another fascinating thing. And I agree with him in terms of the strategy on this one. This is not really that controversial when it comes into the courts. And there are courts that have already made statements, as he said, and ruled on it in places where I go, whoa, 
I mean, the court said that. Yeah, the judge said. It. Yeah, the judges have said that. So it is different than anything that they use a Jacobson's defense for, if you will, from a Supreme Court level uh, arena uh, or uh, a legal perspective. Anyway, so yes, this is different. I agree. Uh, what do we got? We got uh, hour two coming up in just a few minutes. We've got Ty Bollinger to go outside the box. We're going to go into that vaccine definition. And I mentioned, I think I sent it in a little show note to if Rick's still listening, check out uh, prosecutenow.io for some of the legal strategies. They've got the suits available to review regarding the, the uh, challenges on a different basis that seemingly circumvent a Jacobson defense based on the fraud of definitions being used improperly or made up or not at all when the statutory definition is very clear and it hasn't been changed. So it's fascinating to learn about that. So y'all check out prosecutenow.io to learn more about uh, some of the strategies there. We talked a little bit, I think, about that with with Stanford Graham the other day when we were still in Indianapolis for the Red Pill Expo or just wrapping it up. So those are the kind of cool things we're doing. So Orwellian definitions, even Rick, Jaffe brought that concept up. We're going to talk about it when we start hour two. What is the definition of a vaccine? Say thanks to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, CBDNF.com, certified organic, clean, pure, organic, U.S. grown hemp CBD products, including their hemp boost, which we love, the transdermal, which is an amazing product, the oils, all clean and uh, just wonderful for, well, our whole family uses it. CBDNF.com, sign up. There, when you go, you see a drop-down menu, Robert Scott Bell Show. Click on that. Let them know if you're in the United States of America, you will then be sent a bunch of samples. Take pictures with those samples. Send them into Superdon. Ask RSB at Gmail. Ask RSB at Gmail. That picture will be added to the collage, and you will be entered into an occasional giveaway. I haven't defined it anymore because I'm waiting for more people to participate. I know we have new listeners all the time to the Robert Scott Bell Show, either live or later. Simply go to cbdnf.com, sign up, become a customer. When you do, use the code RSB15 to get 15% off even sale items. And they have amazing, beyond even the CBD, they've got amazing products for detox, for sleep, for so many things we've been talking about. Inflammation, cytokine storm stuff. And we'll be talking about that August 6th with Nutritional Frontiers of the Education Forum in Pittsburgh, PA. Check out the upcoming events tab at the Robert Scott Bell Show, at the Robert Scott Bell Show website, robertscottbell.com. With that, let's take a break. We'll see if we get TMB up to go outside the box together and a whole lot more. Check out what's happening in the chat room. If you got a question or comment, you can leave it there or call us at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. One more thing before we break here. Send my initials, RSB, to 22828. Send RSB texting to 22828, and you'll immediately be responded to, and you'll have access to sign up for the email alerts. And I don't even know what Super Don has sent out as far as a. Uh, it's uh, a newsletter. It's a newsletter. It's not. A, it's it's not. Not an what? Email alert. It's not. A, I it's call it an not email alert. An information notification. Yeah. It's not a, a news blast. It's not. It's a newsletter. I didn't know there was a difference. I'm sorry. News, newsletter. So I'm I'm off on the terminology, Super Don. It's you're you're playing superiority complex today. Go get your like Novavax vaccine. <laughs> All right, guys and gals, I hope you enjoyed the first hour of the show with Rick and and Super Don. He's not really annoying me. I love him. And uh, we'll be back uh, with Ty Bollinger to go outside the box in hour two after this brief educational break and opportunity because the power to heal is yours.
The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, everything's linked up in the show notes today. Articles we've been discussing or shall discuss this hour. We're going to have our buddy Ty Bollinger joining me to go outside the box momentarily. Uh, one of the uh, the stories we're going to cover is about spirituality. Does it enhance your life? Does it prolong your life? And I think that was the the poll question of the day for those of you who get the newsletter, as Super Don calls it, not an email blast, not an alert, <laughs> a newsletter. How important is religion, spirituality in your life? Our audience, I have a feeling where it's going to be, but you got very important, somewhat important, not too important, not at all important. I'm just not sure. And that's what uh, Super Don says is the, uh, the RSB option. If you don't want to commit, not sure. <laughs> so we'll revisit that with Ty and Super Don a little later in the show. But as we crank up hour two uh, and we bring Ty Bollinger back, let's see how big his muscles are now. It's just kind of, I can't keep up. I try, I try, but there he is. The big man on campus, Ty Bollinger. What's happening to my brother? Are you hearing him? I don't hear him. No, he's he's doing mime right now. Oh, it's pantomime tie. <laughs> let's, let's do the wall, the pretend wall. Why is his microphone not working? We'll do that. Can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to figure out the microphone. Microphone check. <clears throat> One, two, three. Test, test, test. All right. As he's fixing that up, um, the newsletter that you call it, did yes. we get some more signups this morning? Did you check? Because I have a feeling that I have not checked that yet. No. Sisters of Liberty were pretty excited about all that I had to share. And I think that, that we might have some new Sisters of Liberty joining in with us on our newsletter. Blast or not blast. <laughs> and maybe they're watching the show. Yeah, and that could be. Hey, everybody. New, how about calling it a newsletter alert system? Does that work? No. No? Why not? It's just, an, it's just a newsletter. <laughs> You know, I, I it's just I, I didn't pick up on it until like for the last like like week mm. or so. Okay. And you've got like five different names for it. I'm just like, you know, the notification news thingy com- that commit uh, to it. What know, is the, it? But uh, it's a newsletter. You know, it's know. just 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 a news, <laughs> daily newsletter. I put a lot of time and effort into that. We got to yes, get it right here. Newsletter. Yes, you do. Let me see if I. All can right, read. so let's try again here. Let's, let's see. Try get tie. Tie. Can we hear you? Earth to tie. Is his microphone working? It's quiet. It's silent. He's oh, wait a minute. Screen. I heard something. Yeah. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah. There we go. Okay, cool. I'm up. All right. What's up? The audio video guy that has made tremendous documentaries suddenly can't find a microphone that works. <laughs> How does that happen? It's You know, it's the weirdest thing. Um, you just I just logged out and I just clicked out of the browser window and logged back in and it works. So sometimes it's just on the start something happens i think but i'm here now well we're glad you're here now look at those muscles once again today i didn't wear my muscle shirt because i went and spoke to a, a nice group of ladies who've been meeting for like a dozen years every week and i got to share with them so many stories of health and healing many of which you know about because we wrote about some of them together in unlock the power to heal and now i must have talked for three hours and i'm hearing my voice is funny so Ty, you're going to have to talk about vaccine definitions. Did you see the first story of today? I haven't looked at any of them yet, man. I've been ah, doing, ah, doing other stuff. You're lucky that you. I'm even here. <laughs> what have you been doing? Out in the pool? Hanging out? <clears throat> no, uh, trying to uh, catch up on other things that I've been falling behind on because I've been slacking. <laughs> so that's it. But yeah, are you talking about the CDC definition of vaccine? 
I am. And, and if my wife is watching, could you bring me a bottle of silver spray so I could start spraying my throat while I'm on the air? I don't, all, they're all empty here for some reason. <clears throat> yes, I've been talking about the definitions that have not been changed in the statutes and that that's part of the process or strategy of prosecutenow.io going after CDC and the government because they're proclaiming that an mRNA injection is a vaccine when it does not meet the definition. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's one of the things that we covered in Propaganda Exposed was that, I mean, this, this, is, didn't, this didn't just happen. This happened back a little while. I mean, it may have, they may have changed it again, but these emails go back, I think, about eight or nine months when the CDC did change the definition of vaccine. And, the, and you know, the, I think it was Project Veritas that got them released, but I can't remember if it was them or not. But they've gotten so much stuff released. But basically, you can see the exchanges going back and forth between CDC members sta stating exactly what we just mentioned. This doesn't meet the definition of vaccine. We need to change the definition of vaccine. So because there's too many people worried that this mRNA shot in the vaccine. And I mean, it's clear as day. I mean, the communication is back and forth. But the funny thing is, Robert, it doesn't seem to care. It doesn't seem to matter. To, some people don't care about it. It's almost like what happened with Dr. Brian Hooker and uh, Dr. William Thompson and the release of all those documents about the CDC knowing about autism. They the emails back and forth is like. Some people just, you can give them all the facts in the world and they just don't care. But to anybody that wants the truth, this is clear evidence that the CDC is yeah. colluding and they are um, trying to mislead the American public into believing this is a vaccine when they themselves didn't even think it was a vaccine. Yeah, the thing is, Ty, in the, the let's say the general use of the word vaccine or, or vernacular, which is a big word and definitions, it's not a critical issue in terms of everyday use. But if you're a government official, if you're operating under color of law and you're mandating a vaccine that's not a vaccine, that is technically a genetic alteration. <clears throat> Hold on. Here you go. Get spray away. Oh. I'll just, I, I need I'll some verbascum too, honey. If you can find homeopathic verbascum, <clears throat> I got that nine, seven, six Robert voice going here. Super D uh, and, and Ty, I don't know what I'm going to, I've been speaking for three hours this morning to this wonderful group of women. And I didn't realize how much I used my voice already before the day. It doesn't usually happen like this. That's all right. I can just I can just do a diatribe for the rest of the time. Not a problem. You <laughs> okay. sound like uh, one of the shows that, that Bryce and I like to watch is like uh, WWE legends, you know, the wrestler legends and, you know, biographies of wrestlers, because I was a big fan of wrestling back in the day. Not so much mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. But, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. But um, the, all the wrestlers, the funny thing is they all sound a lot of them, not all of them sound alike. And it's like, they're all raspy and they try, they're trying to sound intimidating. It's like they talked that way so long with their gimmick. That yeah. That's just the way they talk. But all the wrestlers to a T, they're like, let me tell you, brother, one of the most important things you can do is this. And they all sound exactly alike, which is right. Funny. Now yeah. I got, I got to pause for a moment because it just occurred to me if I'm not mistaken, last week you were not able to be here because did you undergo an eye procedure last week? Was that possible? Was that I happening? Did. Yeah, I, um, you know, last year I had that retina surgery for a detached retina. Mm -hmm. And then last week I had uh, cataract surgery on the cataract that is created from the retina surgery. So anytime that you go in and, and fix the detached retina, the place that you went in will leave scar tissue. And that's all that a cataract is, is scar tissue. So mm -hmm. from the time that I had had that operation about a year ago uh, until just last week, 
it had been getting worse and worse, more of a film, almost like you're looking through a window that has a bunch of droplets of rain on it or something. It's real foggy or hazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's not clear. And the, the longer that it got, the, the more droplets of rain seemed to be on the lens or whatever. It's just very, very, very blurry, yeah. uh, almost like a white fog or something on my left eye. So, you know, thank God went in there and they they basically go in and they they cut out the scar tissue, the, the cataract and the, yeah. the entire lens. And then they put in a lens. So it's almost like a permanent contact. basically. Wow. So they put it in and then by the next day into the next day, I was seeing clearer in my left eye than I am my right eye. And so now my left eye is better wow. than the right eye. So now I can't sneak up on you on your left anymore. Yeah, I've got peripheral vision again. So oh, man. Yeah, when, when I saw you there here in Nashville, my left eye, there was no peripheral. So you literally could be standing like right here and I couldn't see you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad it was successful and you're doing well. It look, you look good and it looks like you've been working out too, unless it's in my imagination, but you, you, you look pumped. Have you been working out in your uh, little uh, uh, weight room there? No, no. Uh, I mean, I haven't been able to really work out hard since the operation. So, okay. Um, you should have seen me before. No, um, I'm, I, uh, I don't want to risk it. I guess I could work out a little bit cause I do love working out with weights and I love exercising. It yeah. just makes me feel better. But he said, just no, you know, don't do anything strenuous. No, no lifting heavy weights, bending over at the waist where you put pressure on the eye. Right. You know, so no, so doing the time, you can't do the time warp for a week. So no time warp. Okay. Uh, yeah. so my wife just got me a complex remedy, which includes verbascum. So hopefully it'll clear up my voice pretty quickly here in this hour. So, uh, I don't have to make Ty Bollinger work too hard, but I, I mean, you and I, we don't claim to be lawyers or legal experts, but there are basic things. I think you and I, we do understand. And that is words have meaning. And mm. if you change the definition on a whim at the drop of a dime, so to speak at any point in time, then you, you render the language unusable for the average person because you assume you know the words and the definitions that you learned growing up and suddenly they're changing them like they've done as you said in that article uh because well people are on to us it's not a vaccine it doesn't meet the definition let's just let's just change the definition and if i think in this article they actually do spell it out to make it easy to see what was changed right after the change all right so before the, the change um a, pro, a vaccine was defined as, and Super Don, if you have this up, you can show people. A vaccine was defined as a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. Yeah, now, that yeah. usually was subdefined to mean antibody, of course. That was what it was, but that was not what any of the mRNA shots are doing. And I'll hazard a guess that even the, uh, the, the one we talked about last hour is not doing it either. So after the change... Uh, it, it's now a preparation vaccine defined as a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. There's no immunity gu- guaranteed. There's no antibody. They don't talk about any of that. It's just stimulating the immune re- response. Now, in that context, if that def- definition holds, then everything we take to modulate the immune system is now a vaccine, according to the uh, CDC. And that, obviously that's absurd. But the good news is, and that's the vulnerability of the case that prosecute.io, if you can see it there, is doing is they're saying, hey, CDC can change the definition all at once. It doesn't have the power or statutory authority to actually change the statutory definition. And that's a vulnerability for all those who have, quote unquote, mandated a vaccine that's not a vaccine. And I think that's a very sound legal strategy. 
Yeah, and, and the the problem here is that yeah, everything's a vaccine if the, under this definition now because I mean anything that stimulates immune the immune system. Uh, the diff the main difference, and this is exactly what I was thinking of that we had in propaganda exposed. The main difference is that the definition of vaccine and um, vaccination before it always included a, a phrase to produce immunity to a specific disease, mm -hmm. right? That was always in the definition of what a vaccine was or a vaccination was, it was producing immunity to a specific disease. And yeah. they changed that to stimulate the body's immune response. So no longer is it producing immunity, it's stimulating the immune system and it's not to a particular disease. It's just any immune stimulation qualifies now. And the reason is people were noting about the COVID vaccine and right, rightly so that it didn't produce immunity, right? It didn't produce immunity the way vaccines had in the past. So they're like, well, we can't, it's not a definite, it's not a vaccine. It's not producing mm -hmm. immunity. Well, let's change the definition to just stimulate the immune response. Cause heck pretty much anything can stimulate the immune response. So uh, by definition now, anything could be considered a vaccine, I guess. But look, this is not the first time the CDC has done this though, Robert. If, if you remember the conversations we've had in the past, in 1957, when they introduced the oral polio vaccine, the Salk oral polio, the CDC that same month in July of 1956, I think it was, changed the definition of polio, made it much harder to classify a disease as polio. Whereas before it was pretty uh, kind of a wide umbrella. So just that, that change of definition in and of itself would have reduced drastically the number of polio cases that qualified mm -hmm. as polio. But now that, that after they did that, they attributed the success to the vaccine being rolled out the same month when in reality, they just changed the definition of the disease. So no, CDC is up to their same old shenanigans, the same old tricks that they've been up to over and over and over again, mm -hmm. you know, since the, since the 50s, which we which we've documented and talked about before on your show. Yeah, the changing definitions, the those who control the language, of course, control what we know about the history, the present and the future. Yeah. And uh, someone's calling them to the carpet. Check out prosecute.now.io. Uh, In this article, uh, they, they brought up some examples of uh, questions that were being submitted to the CDC officials about this public submissions. Uh, and Superdot, if you can find those bullet points, there are three in a row here that I'll refer to. One was, is it true that this shot for COVID is not actually a vaccine per your definition? Does this shot make you immune to the COVID virus? If not, why should I get the shot? So, so there were people that were annoying the CDC because they were actually reading the definition of a vaccine and le reading what the COVID jab does. And they're like, this doesn't match up. And then uh, another quote comes from another, uh, uh, let's say, response to CDC. Right-wing COVID-19 pandemic deniers are using your vaccine definition to argue that mRNA vaccines are not vaccines. This was twisted to claim that the existing COVID-19 vaccines were not vaccines because they only prevented severe illness. I think it would be more accurate to say that a vaccine functions to, is, is to stimulate an immune response. To be clear, that perfect immunity is not what defines a vaccine. So here's somebody giving them suggestions as to how to change it, uh, and, and you know, which they eventually did. And then finally, our question is, how is the CDC and the rest of the world allowed to call the shot a vaccination when it doesn't even meet your own definition? Again, calling them out. This is fascinating that people now with access to this thing called an Internet, we could say it's bad in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways we've been able to find and screen grab things that they have tried to hide and bury, including the original definition that has, again, not been changed statutorily just by the wave of a magic CDC wand. Yeah, I mean, it's so dirty. I mean, if you think of anybody else doing this, um, it would uh, it would infuriate you. 
right? But the CDC doesn't get away with it. You know, they just change the definition. They have people that are concerned about what's going on. And instead of addressing those concerns and answering the questions, they just change the definitions of the words so they don't have to address the questions because they don't really have any good answers for it. But it's so dishonest. It, you know, it, 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 it's like, um, it'd be like the definition for someone that's morbidly obese is, uh, you know, anyone over, let's say 400 pounds, morbidly obese. That's just a general definition, right? It's not what it is, but I'm making it up. Mm -hmm. But if I change that, and then tomorrow, everybody that's over 500 pounds is morbidly obese. And then I said that we have, uh, we don't have any kind of a morbid obesity problem. Look at the way that morbid obesity is dropping. You know, now we have, you know, 30% or 40% less people than we did last year. It's so dishonest, right? You'd be in trouble with the law. It's probably, you're probably, you know, committing some crimes by doing that. When the reality is you just change the definition of what morbid obesity is. That CDC does this all the time, folks. They mm -hmm. did it with, with the uh, polio vaccine. They've done it with vaccine and with vaccination in response to COVID. Um, they're just, they're, they're a bunch of lying liars. And so they've yeah. proven themselves to be dishonest in the past. I, I, this just shouldn't surprise anybody, but it, it should infuriate you though, that your CDC is doing this. They've also done it with smallpox. You know, the whole claim that they've eradicated smallpox around the world. I, I to say that's an arrogant statement by ignorant man, Americanus Bubicanus Medicalis, uh, is mm -hmm. an understatement because man does not eradicate a disease that is of natural origin. That is the presence of a, a so-called smallpox, whether you believe it's a virus or not. Uh, the reality is they say, well, we injected the smallpox vaccine and we stopped giving it sometime like around 81 or it was already being phased out. I mean, I got it, um, gosh, in the early 70s when I was a kid and then revaccinated, if you will, the temple of my forehead when I fell asleep on it. And those of you old enough have the little pox mark where it supposedly came out of your arm where they did it. And then they stopped because the thing was so wickedly vicious in terms of adverse events, too. Uh, and then they want to bring it back for monkeypox. But they basically said, yeah, we eradicate smallpox. Never went away. They just renamed it, including calling it monkeypox. Uh, so these are the games they play. And if you let them control your words and definitions, you will never have solid communication to stand on anywhere. And they'll keep manipulating reality through their minions in media. And, of course, the beneficiaries of government largesse, uh, the, the pharmaceutical industrial complex that is owning and controlling our oligarchy. So when does this end? You know, going back to the basics and going, this is the definition. If you want to change it, uh, you know, let, let, let's uh, talk about how you're changing it, what it applies to and discuss it, but not just, Hey, CDC says it's different now. So we don't get sued. It's too late for that. They are being sued. <laughs> yeah. They're being sued and they're being exposed for being the frauds that they are. Um, and, and, you know, it's not just CDC. Um, it's, it's NAID, uh, you see Fauci's back out. It's like, who listens to Fauci anymore? I mean, mm -hmm. the guy's been shown to be a liar so many times, but he's out and then Walensky's back out. I mean, they're, they're hitting the warpath. Something else is probably coming, but, uh, they're starting to be become seen again, but nobody listens. They're a bunch of clowns. Hmm. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty darn incredible. Well, there's some articles here. I, let me see if we can jump through and cover today on the show. I'm not necessarily going to go in order here. I'm looking at, uh, which one do I want to cover here? We're going to get to the spirituality thing. Oh, you know what? This last one, uh, it's called um, Vitamin D Nature's Medicine Chest. It's over at thetruthaboutcancer.com. And this is one by Ty on July 18th, I think. 13th, I'm sorry. We're not 18th yet today, in fact. And uh, we know that we can get vitamin D most efficiently from exposing our skin to the sun. One of the ladies 
at today's lecture I gave, actually brought that up. She said, I heard that when you get that sun exposure, you don't want to wash it off for at least a day. And, and that relates to the oils on your skin that are converted, if you will, and absorbed and produced into the vitamin D. And so the idea is not to stay out in the sun till you're stinky and rotten and then never bathe. But it's not to use harsh soaps or chemicals that would strip the oily layer on your skin where the sun has exposed to it. So wash the vital areas, sure, but maintain you're not scrubbing down after sun exposure because that benefit can last for days. And interestingly enough, Ty, I don't know if we mentioned this before because you know how we all love Cardio Miracle and what it does, but we've learned recently that the production of nitric oxide sustained as it is is facilitating the conversion of stored vitamin D in the body into the active forms of D. And that's important because a lot of people may be taking D, maybe getting sun exposure, and for some reason have certain deficiencies that are not able to convert that stored D into the usable form. So that's another benefit to the uh, Cardio Miracle uh, for those that have not seen the benefit of D that they thought they should. Yeah, and another thing that we mentioned in this article is a good... Uh, at the end of the article, I call it the dynamic duo is the vitamin D3 with the K2. So you've got to have a, a adequate K2 as well. So, and I think that's on the article. Yes, it is. I see that article. vitamin K, according to NIH, D and K are both fat soluble, play a central yeah, yeah. role in calcium metabolism. And vitamin D, the production of K-dependent proteins, which require K for carboxylation in order to function properly. So there are a lot of things that sometimes are overlooked when they only look at D, 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 D. And I think people tend to take D and think it's that's it, nothing else. And it's like, don't walk into the isolationist box of only one yeah. thing. How does it work with other things? And like we talked about with nitric oxide, how does it facilitate? Can we facilitate the activation of the D in a form that the body needs and utilizes so we don't just store, 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 store to a problematic level and we can't function and use it? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, that's why the, the Super D already took it off, it looks like. But the uh, little mm -hmm. GIF or the GIF, however you say it, of Maverick and Goose. That's a, oh yeah, you know, know that popular dynamic duo in the United States is Maverick and Goose, especially now with Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if you've seen that, but great yeah, movie. we uh, we did go see it. Did you see it? Did you see it, Ty? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it tw three times now. Dude, that was like a fun. I tell you what, he say what you will about Cruz in his personal life, but dude can make some movies. Yeah, uh, Super Don, have you seen the new Maverick movie yet? I just have to ask because. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to reveal any spoilers or anything, but dude, they did a, he did a great job. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was an awesome movie. I saw it first with, with Bryce. I wanted to, I mean, I, I was excited because it was supposed to come out, I think last year and they had to put it off a year because of the pandemic. Um, so then they finally came out with it. So I'm looking forward to it, but haven't, haven't had time yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I went uh, a couple weeks ago with Bryce on a Friday and then Brianna wanted to come. So. Me, Bryce, and we went out. Brianna went on Saturday, and then Charlene and the girls wanted to come, so we all went together. I didn't think they'd be interested, but they were. It was so good; everybody wanted to see it, so we all went as a family. So, it's a it's a good movie. It's a it, it and it's people are so sick of the namby pamby unpatriotic people that are out the there. Hashtag woke movies. The woke, yeah. It's just refreshing to see a movie that's like about America and patriots, and that's it's just a good movie. You got to go see it, Super D. I am planning on it. Well, yeah. you know, purely, like I said, movies, certainly movies can be transformative in terms of entertainment as well, but just just on a purely entertaining basis, you know, to be taken out of whatever reality. I mean, who doesn't want to escape a little bit 
of some of the stuff that's going on right now for a couple hours. And it's like, it's, it's not bad. You can do that. You'll be okay. Um, but there are, that's not to say there aren't any serious issues out there. Of course. And we've right. covered them for years uh, in particular, particularly the destruction of the federal reserve, no dollar. We've seen some strengthening of it, Ty, and you as your CPA hat on or whatever, I think in terms of floating against other floating currencies that have no backing, uh, there are certain manipulations of the marketplace as well to suppress the price of metals. And and yet I still think it's backwards to price metals in Federal Reserve note dollars. They always want to know, well, how much is it worth in dollars, which are not really dollars? I'm like, well, the one thing you know is they print more and more Federal Reserve notes. It's going to take a lot more of them over time to get the one ounce of silver or gold or whatever it is that will always be that one ounce of silver or gold as long as you have it and use it. So that doesn't change. What changes is that there's nothing to limit the mass production, if you will, of digits in a computer and or paper that they have print, printed in some into some way to incre increase the money supply to extraordinary levels, unprecedented. And they are in an accelerated hyperbolic curve now in terms of getting closer and closer to hyperinflation. I think the latest admitted uh, inflation rate for the month was like 9.1%. I mean, if that's month over month, that's, that's over 100% in a year or more than that because it's compounded every month. Yeah, you know, it just makes sense for for people to have at least a little bit of their assets in something that has inherent value, right? Which I would argue gold and silver do, food does, ammunition, guns do. I mean, whatever it is, it needs to be having have something that has in uh, you know you need to own something that has inherent value and will stay inherently valuable even if there is a fiat currency collapse. Because the really the only thing that keeps the U.S. dollar propped up is the fact that other nations accept it and that the U.S. uses it and they accept it. And so that's a that's an agreement to trade. There's no value other than the perceived value that someone else has of it. And especially in light of the fact that it's been the reserve for the petrodollar. And there's there's talk about dropping it, you know, as, as a reserve. And, and look at Russia mm -hmm. and what's the BRICS countries, uh, uh, Brazil and a Brazil, few Russia. Yeah, what I else? think it. Iran might be in there. I don't know, but yeah, but they're talking about dropping the dollar. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're certainly inflation is really not the increase in the cost of goods. Inflation is really the decrease in the value of the dollar. Correct. That makes you spend more dollars to get the same goods. So it's really, you're looking at the wrong side of the coin when you say the cost of goods rose. Yeah. The cost of good, goods, the cost of goods don't typically rise that much, especially, you know, commodities. Or, or yeah, as you're pointing the out, yeah, the price of a gold or silver coin, it yeah. elevates against the Federal Reserve note dollar, but that's because the, the, the deflation of the value, although the inflation of the right. number of those things circulating. And what we're seeing is that our ability to export inflation through the petrodollar or through debt to China, et cetera, is coming to an end. And at that point, the standard of living that we've really enjoyed based on this artificial fiat money that we've got yeah. as the world reserve currency uh suddenly we're going to be living a lot differently and i don't know if everybody's prepared i hope that everybody has started growing food we've got marjorie wildcraft scheduled back on for friday to talk about ways to start growing food right now not waiting till you're hungry and can't get food at the local market and there's been a lot a lot of supply chain disruptions that should be a warning to you to say this is not a theory us talking about this stuff it's not something we wish for or desire we're just acknowledging that reality yeah. and saying hey what do you do if and when or yeah. when because that's what we're dealing with is the when yeah and that's one of the things i've told people and charlene's told people for years and years because we've been preparing for years and you know we've known something's coming i don't know what it is i don't know how bad it is but we, it makes sense to prepare and 
you know, you compare it to insurance. How much do you spend on insurance to cover, you know, life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, home insurance, mm -hmm. just in case. And yeah. when's the last time you filed an insurance claim? Most people haven't, right? That's how the insurance companies make money. But you got insured just in case. There, There is no, I, I would love to be able to be, you know, in, in 30 years, be 84 years old and look back and say, man, I was so wrong about that. America prospered for 30 years and we had the best 30 years of my life. I, I pray that I can say that. I, there's nothing I would love better to be wrong about mm -hmm. than with the direction I think the country's heading. Um, so it makes sense to prepare. And yeah, we're not, it's, it's not so we can say, ah, we told you so. Look at this. Nobody wants that scenario, but it might happen. So it makes, makes sense to prepare just in case. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about all these things that are happening that are untenable and un, almost unimaginable in our lifetime time. We've had certainly challenges we acknowledge, but at the, for the most part, we've never, you know, gone seriously hungry. Uh, we've never been no. without a roof over our heads or an ability to even travel or transit for the most part. And there are folks that are now coming to a different perspective on, on life that it might not be that same way. Not that again, we're wishing for it, as you pointed out so, so well said and what you, we'd love to be wrong and say 30 years from now, we look back and like, dude, man, this, this has been awesome. But the question is, how would it be now? I think that the way it could be is that we get more local and hyper-local. We become be decoupled from the dependency on just in time food delivery or any number of uh supply chain uh you know channels that we've just kind of blindly accepted as always going to be there they are disrupted from time to time with natural disasters earthquakes hurricanes massive power outages but what if again the federal reserve note collapses do you have an ability this is why i say with goldbacks like i say don't wait till you're hungry to grow food don't wait till you have to use goldbacks to start using them in commerce exchanging for goods and services so when the people stop accepting your paper dollars because it's like it doesn't buy anything it wipes my butt and that's the best i can do with it they have something you have something that you're already exchanging on a local level whether it's the gold back or something else and i'm saying do not wait begin to change your habits now because it's a lot harder or even deadly to try and change it when you have to yeah and be sure that you get a hold of toilet paper before you try to wipe your butt with federal reserve notes they're pretty nasty yeah it's true <laughs> can't say that i've ever tried but I, i'd say toilet paper's got to be better I, I would I would think so. Yeah. And, and besides, you don't know what where that Federal Reserve note's been <laughs> before you wipe it on your bottom. Actually, the, the reality is that the, the Federal Reserve notes are one of the dirtiest, most germ infested things on the planet. Yeah, it's, that's true. There's more bacteria on those. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we pick them up and we're, we're fine because of our immune system, but they aren't clean. They're not clean notes. They're very, very dirty because think of all the places they've been. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, look, oh, wait, so, I forgot, Robert, hold on. Go ahead. Tell Robert that he did a good job. End of quote, repeat the line. Oh, <laughs> did I say that? Uh, sorry that, that, about that. That's a, I wasn't that's supposed a, to say that part. It's a Joe Biden brain fart, isn't it? If he has yeah. a brain. Yeah, I'm sure you saw that. It's, it gets more embarrassing every day, honestly. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, it, if he weren't the president, I'd be, yeah. he's not, he's, he's, he's allegedly the president. I would just be embarrassed for him as a person to be put out and have, forced to talk to people in that state of cognitive decline that he's in. Mm -hmm. He really is in bad shape, but he's not just your average everyday Joe to yeah. pun intended. He's 
acting as the president of the United States saying these things and everybody in the world seeing it. And it's an embarrassment to the country. Um, and uh, and I don't know what you saw with the Hunter Biden la uh, cell phone leak Ooh, over the weekend. Did you worse. see any of that? Yeah. Oof. Dude, that's some gross stuff, man. Yeah. There was a, there were several Telegram channels that were put up as soon as that iPhone drop happened. They were releasing everything, and um, we put it. Charlene put it on our our TTAC Truth About Cancer channel on Telegram, and then we had to take it down and apologize because didn't realize that they were like the full you know yeah, they were horrible. triple X. You don't yeah you don't want to see this stuff. I know no. it's kind of uh, horrible to say the least. Uh, yeah. So, uh, folks, yeah, we're living in a, a surreal reality that we'd say, how did this happen? But at the same time, if we look at, well, did, did you, you, did you see the, the, the sorry, I, I know I just cut ahead. you off, but I'll forget to mention this. If I didn't, yeah. did you see the, the video of him arguing with the girl over how much the crack weighed when he was selling it to her? Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. It's everywhere now he's yeah. weighing crack and they, and they put together in it's, it's a uh, 20 grams. It looks, I think, or two grams. Mm -hmm. And but anyway, it's like 20 times the amount that Joe Biden said, if you had this much, you should go to jail, throw away the key. They put together a video montage of Joe saying that. And then here's Hunter weighing out 20 times the amount of what Biden said, said 20 years should, ago. Right. You should be put in jail for life for. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just just shake my head. Go. Uh. And then then I say, you know, if you think you can change this simply by voting, you're smoking the crack that Hunter Biden's trying to sell or buy. Yeah. And I know that's and, unpopular because people would love to believe all they have to do is pull a lever and vote for somebody and it changes. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to come down on anyone that uses crack even I, not the government's <laughs> business to put people in jail for using crack or Sorry. smoke pot or anything. Yeah, it's just right. not the government's. I, I don't believe that's right either. I don't mm -hmm. think people should that have drug problems should have their lives destroyed because the government throws them in jail and, you know, and, yeah. and they throw away the key. I don't agree with Biden on that, but it's just it just shows the two facedness, the duplicity mm -hmm. of the Biden family. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, uh, Stephen says the mylar on goldbacks less porous than paper currency. So it's a lot less, quote unquote, germy. If you're concerned about germs. Yes. The the Federal Reserve notes collect all of it. The goldbacks are also somewhat resistant to that. So that's a good another selling point there, Stephen. Well, well said. Well said. Uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, Christy wants to know, Super Don, how's the new grandbaby doing? Autumn, we didn't get an update in a few days, I don't think. And uh, just over the last weekend, that was happening. You got the new grandbaby. He's all over the map there with Grandpa Hood. Baby's doing good. <clears throat> I, I I don't have any pictures ready to throw at you here, but I'll, I'll get some together. I, I, okay. I get daily updates and they come by and stuff. So the baby's doing real good. Right. Very good. Uh, do we Eyeballs need to, are open, looking at people and stuff. Do we need to start like a, a, a GoFundMe campaign to get you a bottle of WD-40 for your uh, squeaky chair there, Super D? Just wondering. <laughs> I actually have some. Uh, I know I just, you do. It's like, this is not I difficult. Do. I've got the good stuff. It's the silicone WD-40. Um, we won't know what to do if you're not I use it for the sliding glass door in the back of the house. But anyway. Um, the only yeah, way I know I'll, your microphone is open, I hear squeaks. <laughs> i'm sorry all right maybe you could use the orange guard on it by the way <laughs> folks remember you got the orange guard there it's out by your garden there it is orangeguard.com delimiting powerful pest control without harming you your kids or your pets 
uh, and uh, so safe. I sprayed it in my mouth and ate it and drank it. It's not something I recommend because it tastes really not so good. But there it is in my garden, right there in the, in the greenhouse. And uh, you can use it in and around your plants, even if they're organic. It's Almery certified for organic agriculture. OrangeGuard.com. And you can check out Ace Hardware Stores. We need to get Ace Hardware Stores to sp sponsor the show because I'm promoting them because they're, they carry Orange Ace Guard. Covered, I like Ace carries it? Yeah, they carry it. It's amazing. Huh. They're good. They're like, cool. even though they're a national company, they're locally owned, apparently, like franchises. So every Ace is tending to be more community oriented than the home desk spots mm -hmm. and the you know, the, 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 the lows of the world, so to speak. So I like to support them a lot. And in fact, Ty, in our local area, we can use goldbacks in the Ace Hardwares and buy stuff with goldbacks. And I have. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, yeah. man. You're, you're in a, you're in a good area, man. Way, way better. I, I like where you're at way better than where you were before. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we talked about Florida being cool because of DeSantis and that guy's pretty much yeah. rocking it. I'm not saying he's perfect. There are no political saviors. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But on a lot of things, he's doing some amazing work. But because of that, I think the grassroots movement in Florida, the people are relying, perhaps not everybody, but for the most part, hey, we got an awesome governor. What happens when he leaves, whether you're a runner for president or somebody replaces him, whatever. Then what? Have you established the groundswell, the grassroots activity to take over the local level? Or are you relying mostly on the governor? And where I am and where other areas are that have bad governors, maybe it's more long term better because the people are starting to rally and change and transform and fight back against the power of a centralized bureaucracy, even at the state level. And that's where if you do vote, voting makes a bigger difference at the localist of local levels and then moves on up as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, I wasn't even talking about that either. I, I agree with that. But I was just talking about I like I like where you live better now. I like I, I love uh, Utah. I love the climate, like the fact that you get snow. I mean, it's just a beautiful area of the country love the mountains. Um, so all that that you said, I agree with, but I was just basically saying, I like where you Beauty. live better now, yeah. just because of the fact that it's just a beautiful area of the country. Um, that area reminds me of when we lived in Montana in mm -hmm. the uh, Flathead Valley, which is the, the most beautiful place that we've ever lived outside of Queenstown, New Zealand. Yeah. So um, the Queenstown was number one, Flathead Valley was number, number two. So mm -hmm. where you live is very similar to that, you know, geographically and and, and topography of the land so I, I really love utah i'm glad you're there it's a really amazing place we've been traveling from the high desert to the low desert and it's just gorgeous and uh between here and nevada it's been nice so um let's see what else we got to wrap up on here we got upcoming events i mentioned that this friday i've got an event go to the upcoming events tab at <coughs> robertscapital.com you'll see all the things including the health freedom expo where we'll all be having a great big old reunion uh and uh some other events i think you've been invited to speak at the, uh, the National Health Freedom Coalition's um, Health Freedom um, Congress as well, September in Minneapolis, St. Paul, 23rd, 24th. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, who was it that you referred to? Diane Miller. Diane, yeah, Diane. Yeah, and that's right. Diane contacted me a couple weeks ago, talked to Charlene, we're going. So yeah. we'll be there in Minneapolis. And so that's we'll Health Freedom Party Central in September at the 13th United yes. States Health Freedom Congress, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And then, of course, the Health Freedom Expo which will be happening uh, the 15th and 16th Chicago. in, yeah, in Chicago. Uh, and that's amazing. Go to Trinity health freedom expo.com. And, and Bradley Nelson is going to be there. The emotion code guy. He's amazing. And there's some really cool people. We just had uh, Dr. Patrick Vickers on from Gerson clinic. And I just oh, learned yeah, he's going to be Patrick, there too. I interviewed yeah. Patrick years ago. Yeah. Vickers is cool. And I didn't realize yeah. this. My wife figured out, I had a feeling he was on the show before 
and he was with uh, one of the Gerson family members, maybe the yeah, daughter yeah. Uh, on the show before many years yeah. ago, back in 2014. So uh, we're going to we're going to be together there at that event as well. And uh, in Pittsburgh, I wish you were had a place in Pittsburgh again, because I'm going to be there August 6th, the Saturday with uh, Nutritional Frontiers, our friend Tracy Straup, Judy Mikovits and Dr. Len Brankowitz and uh, Jamie Dorley at the Sheridan Pittsburgh Hotel, 300 West Station Square. You can go to yep. nutritionalfrontiers.com. You can even stream it live. You can buy tickets for streaming if you don't want to be in Pittsburgh with us. But I'm looking forward to uh, that trip coming up uh, early August as well. So there's some cool events coming on. Yeah, the, the, the uh, Pittsburgh event at the Sheridan uh, Station Square, that's a great area. That's right, like literally from our condo that we had in Pittsburgh that was on Mount Washington, we could see Station Square, so mm -hmm. down below. So it's, it's a great location. It's right on the water, right across the water. It's right across the Monongahela River from downtown Pittsburgh. I, I think that's the Monongahela there. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got it's just a beautiful view of the downtown. It's, you're, it's a great place just to go just to visit at Station Square. And they got a great restaurant there. That's it's a they got a big restaurant that's in an it's a, a like a train station mm -hmm. that you go in and it's restored like a lobby of a train station. They've turned into a restaurant that's called the the Grand Concourse. Mm -hmm. So, can, can regardless I, of whether they have any organic food for you to eat there, Robert, yeah. you need to go down and see Just the restaurant. Check it out. Okay, I'll look at yeah. it. See, that's the thing. Like when I was. Uh, uh, having dinner, which I wasn't having dinner at the, uh, uh, Italian restaurant at the hotel we stayed at, or the event was, uh, for the red pill expo. Uh, I didn't eat, but I just hung out with Brian artist and got to share some great stories together. We had a great time, but I did find one, one restaurant. It's like a, a frou-frou high-end farm to table organic place. And they actually grew their own greens on the wall. It was kind of cool. And cool. I just had an amazing meal with our good friend, Joni Abbott was there and her friend, Josh, I met it was a nice reunion. And, uh, I, now I forget, I apologize what it's called, but that one place in Indianapolis was an amazing, amazing meal. And at the end I was like, I, I had this four course thing and the dessert thing was like, I don't know what to pick. I don't usually eat dessert. I'm like, Hey, that chocolate thing looks good. And I could look at the, the, the waiter's face. He looked at me like, why is that not good? Right. What is that? No, 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 no. It's, it's good. But if you haven't been here before, you got to try the donuts. Like donuts. What do you mean donuts? Yeah. We got these, like, they're like Dunkin Munchkins, but you know, all clean stuff. And they had this ice cream on it. that had this, this, uh, uh nut mix with, uh, I, I can't even describe it. It was so ridiculous. I took one bite. I was like, Oh my gosh. I'm like in uh, one of those moments where you're like, I can't do this every day, but that was special. So we had a nice celebration and enjoyed food. You know, it was like food as an event, as opposed to just eat to live. We were actually enjoying a meal and living to eat at that moment. That was kind of fun. That's cool. And I know, that, I know that's different for you because usually you're eating to live. instead of <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm eat. either that or fasting to not get hurt by the food that is not clean enough for me. So there you go. The orthorexic Robert Scott Bell show. Uh, yeah. Let's go to the, the, the story that I, one of my favorite. Oh, stories. wait, real quick before yeah. I forget, we're, we're going to yeah. be next week. Charlene and I are going to be out in um, California. So if anybody's out in the Orange County area or close to Orange County, uh huntington beach specifically we're speaking next a week from today uh next wednesday night which i will not be on the show next week because we'll be traveling that day I'm flying out to billy demoss he's got the dead chiropractic society and they're having a freedom fest 20 health fest 2022 or whatever mm -hmm. we're we're speaking that next wednesday night at 6 30 out in orange county so well big hugs to billy d and the family out yeah. there i only wish i could be there with you guys i love billy as you know he's spoken at the truth about cancer a few times as well 
and he just doesn't hold back. So you guys will have fun despite it being in California. The last bastion of freedom loving California is right there with Billy yeah. DeMoss. Well, that, yeah, and Orange County is a, is a, is a very freedom loving County compared to Los Angeles area. Mm -hmm. So o the OC is very, very open and free. So we're glad to be going there. We're speaking with Brian squared, Brian hooker and Brian artist calling right. Brian. Oh, squared. artist and hooker, dude. I, yeah. I would so love being there. Like I said, I got to hang out with Brian artist this past weekend more at the red pill expo. He's a hoot, man. I love Brian artist. Good guy. Uh, just so enjoyable. And the stories he has to share just beautiful. Also, uh, I was wanting to bring up, um, uh, what, what's it? What, let's see, Brian, I'll say Brian artist, Brian. No, I don't know. I've got too many, too many names running through my head and I have his face. Ah, this is annoying me. I've, I'm losing words today, but I got my voice back. Did you notice that it came back? The homeopathic stuff worked. I'll come back to it. Uh, anyway, I want to go to this story. This is where I want to wrap up today's show. We got about five minutes or so left. One of my favorite topics, you know, is the power of belief and spirituality. And I, I, get, I acknowledge that in our audience, Ty, we have multiple belief systems out there. Most people are very somewhat spiritually or very spiritually oriented. And many people align themselves with specific beliefs. But the point of this story is about spirituality linked to a healthier life and greater longevity. I am not surprised by this. And I know you're not surprised by this. Um, and, and so the movie atheists must die. That's, I didn't make that movie. <laughs> it's just, they, they, they tend not to live as long or have a healthy as a healthy life. There's something about, again, the belief and the spiritual side of life that adds to life. Doesn't necessarily detract to it. Now, again, I'm not going into anybody's theology or dogma, but just saying, look, the people that have a spiritual belief, it's clearly to their benefit. You don't want to discuss soteriology or eschatology or theology right now. I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> now I'm with you. I mean, look, everybody's spiritual though, whether they admit it or not. It's just what, what are you, are you, are you leaning towards the darkness or the light? I mean, it's everybody is, has a spiritualness to their being and people that would say they don't believe, honestly, probably most of them actually do. They just maybe can just don't want to admit it, but I mean, everybody's believes you've got to believe in some sort of a higher force. Now I'm, I'm sure there's the exception to the rule out there. Mm -hmm. um and you know even satanists believe it they're, they they're very spiritual right there's there they have faith in the dark forces i mean it's just right. it's it's really a darkness versus light it's good versus evil thing here mm -hmm. i believe yeah and in this uh study that said you know it's benefit to health and longevity uh, they said uh they assess the way individuals seek ultimate meaning purpose connection value and or transcendence so it may involve organized religion. It might not. It's the way you find ultimate meaning because certainly you, you know this, we've talked about this. You could go to your church and you can ask every member of the church about beliefs, what they believe. And there's obviously a lot of commonality, but if you keep drilling down, you're going to find different interpretations of the Bible. And, you know, but this is part and course of life because we're all born individual. I believe as sparks of God and we have a unique perspective on it. And so to focus only on the unique, if you're a scholar and you want to argue that stuff, that's another thing. That's a, old Jewish men do that. We, we have fun with that. <laughs> but the idea of course, is to watch. And for me, I'm drawn to people who love God. I've said this many times, uh, that they have a, a, a spirit filled life. However, they define it. You can see it in their actions more than sometimes the words that are said. You, you watch a person, what they do, not necessarily what they say. And you see more about, I think the essence of who they are. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell there's a 
there's like an unseen force that is it's around everyone it's some some people it's easier to see than others but like you can just feel the person's energy like as soon as you meet most people you can kind of tell within a, a couple of minutes what kind of person they are what kind of an attitude you yeah. can even see on their face if they're faking it if they're faking a smile i mean it's there's an energy there's a i don't mean to just confuse energy with spirituality mm -hmm. but there's there's there are unseen things and unseen forces around everyone's character that you yeah. can discern especially if you're a person that is like if you're a person that's that's a a, a, a christian that wants to treat others the way that they would be treated that you want to be treated and be kind and love your neighbor and it's evident on your face and your actions and you meet up with other people and share that same thing you can tell yeah sometimes without even meeting them face to face like from across the room sometimes you can tell that's the kind of person they are mm -hmm. it's hard to explain but you understand what i mean there's a, there's an unseen aura about almost everyone yeah and i think that's something that uh, developing that sensitivity even if you haven't like practiced it, just as you've talked about the sense you get walking in a room full of angry people, walking in a room yeah. full of elated, joyful and laughing people, even if you don't hear it and see it, you can feel it. There's a palpable mm -hmm. energy. And I think that energetics is associated with spirituality. Why? Because when you talk about being filled with spirit or the spirit, don't you sense that's a more energized place and space to be than that, which is lacking in that. That's a, our vitalistic view from a homeopathic chiropractic naturopathic view as well of life, that it is not materialistic and reductionist ultimately that it is an energy component that goes to the essence of who we really are in our creation. Yeah. And that would, you know, in, in my failed attempt, my Bidenish attempt to describe <laughs> that, um, yes. I, I was really thinking of my mother. See, mom, mom had that, sixth mm. sense about her or whatever she could yeah. discern people she could tell what kind of person they were but more than that when she walked into a room it didn't matter who you were people noticed and they noticed her joy her smile just something about her it's like you could not even know her and she walked in you're like man that's a sweet nice lady there you could just mm -hmm. tell and so some people just have that aura about them um yeah. and then you know some people are more intimidating or whatever but you can like me you just, there's that sense yeah like when I walk into a room, people run out screaming, ah, Rod, it's Robert. Who's calling? <laughs> they tell you to get off the well, show, but, Ty, but, it's time. You know, I don't, I don't mean to, to, um, I don't mean to compliment you here because I don't like to compliment you in public. No, Just please kidding. don't. But no, you, you, you definitely have the, a, a similar type of, of, uh, feel. Like when you, you're always smiling, you know, you're, you try to, you try to get the, look at things like glass half full rather than glass half empty spend things positively um and you're nice to people and you treat them well and you shake their hand or you give them a hug and you're always smiling that's that's a huge part of making people feel accepted is just a smile how many people yeah. do you go out and see today that are frowning or aren't even looking at, at you they're looking home right right the, i mean so you have uh, you have sort of that same thing not near to my mother's level i'm not saying that no i, I, I wouldn't pretend of course and I, I couldn't put on a dress that like level. that anyway. But you you, so, yeah. you have a similar presence that you right. you're, it's like, hey, there, there's a really nice guy. I'd be goofy looking and he's really, yes, really skinny you. working on the exactly. build, but he's a really nice guy. And I've got muscles. They're just not as big as ties. Listen, TMB, <laughs> my beloved, you are amazing. Thank you for all that you do as well. And I uh, look forward to seeing you at these upcoming events. All the best on, on the California event. Say hi to Billy D and more. 
We got to wrap it up for now. So tell them what they need to know before we got to go. Always remember the power to heal is yours. I don't know if I have uh, brain fatigue today, Super Don, but I, I noticed as the, as the show went on, obviously my voice was challenged today. Uh, the homeopathy did bring it back somewhat. That's cool. Which the verbascum was the key remedy I was looking for. Thank you, honey, for bringing it to me, plus the sovereign silver spray. But they're like words, like I couldn't remember David Martin's name in that moment. I wanted to bring up David Martin and talk about it. It's mm. like one, uh, there's his face right in front of me. I'm like, ah, so... I think maybe it's a, I shouldn't go out and lecture for three hours before the show. That's not good for the show. It's too much of a warm up. Yeah. It's too much. Right. I, I'm just guessing that may have been what, what contributed to those. Like, oh, you've used up your stores of communication already. And you now got to do a show too. If I have a few hours, uh, after the show to recover, then I can do a lecture. I've done that before, you know, but uh, right. I thought that was interesting. Just an observation I'm making today. So, all right. We got no. lots of lots of cool things. I see that we got lots of cool guests. Kevin's hooking us up with as well, coming up. Okay, we can go to that next here. So tomorrow we've got uh, Jonathan E. Mord and Doctor Simone Gold. Cool on the show on Friday. We have got looks like uh, Doctor Ravi Kulasekara Yay! hasn't been on a while, <laughs> and Marjorie Wildcraft will be joining us as well. Then coming yeah. up next week on Monday, Dr. Jason Dean will be with us. Mm -hmm. Been a while since we've had him on. By the uh, way, Dr. Ravi, I called yesterday. I said, you know, I wanted to just check in with him because he's obviously got family in Sri Lanka. And yeah, there's some stuff going on there, isn't there? Collapse of a society with what, yeah. what we portend here, maybe. I wanted to talk to him about what's going on, so that'll be an important discussion. Dr. Alvin Dannenberg on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Do we know who he is? I don't know at this moment. Okay. On Wednesday, again, again, that's, that's yeah. one of those roll, you know, spinning the wheel, I uh, guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're always good. Um, Wednesday, we got Andy Locke Mears coming on to talk about Germanic healing knowledge. Yeah, it used to be called German New Medicine. I would have talked about it before a little bit, but Germanic not a lot. healing knowledge. Mm -hmm. So what how do, what do they do in Germany? What 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 is this this Germanic healing knowledge? You're going to you have know? to wait and find out. I gotta wait and find out. All right. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. All right, and then uh, let's see. Thursday we've got Tim Schur from TimSchur.com. Okay. And then uh, check this out on Friday. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. This is a double guest booking here. Yeah. According to this, we're gonna have Scott Shara back and Vera Sharab on at the same time. Oh, that's cool. We love both of them. I remember we had Vera on talking about the Holocaust stuff and that's right. relationship to today and, and Scott Sherrod at the same time. That's kind of cool. So that's I'll what talk we got to, coming uh, up. to Kevin about what what the, the combination is all about. That's what yeah, I, I like that. I know. He got bored with just you know booking one person. One at a time. Now, now we're going to Now he's going to do two. Yeah. Right. So what is the result of our survey, your survey today in our email, not blast, not update, just newsletter? Got to remember, it's a news. Uh, okay. Yeah. The uh, poll question had to do with that story that you were covering with Ty there at the end of the hour. Mm -hmm. uh, how important is religion slash spirituality in your life? I decided to go with both. Mm -hmm. They are not the same. They, they're kind of related, but they are also different. 
but I figured we'd just lump them all in together. Uh, your uh, options were very important, someone important, not too important, not at all important, and Robert Scott Bell. I, I'm in the very important uh, thing, and I think... Well, you're in good, good company because 85% yeah. of uh, the folks said very important, followed right. by someone important, mm -hmm. followed by not at all important, yeah, and then not too important, and then there was one... Was not sure. Not sure. Well, Super Don, are you able to reveal where you are on this list or no? You want to stay quiet? Oh, I don't care. Yeah, dude, I have no problem talking about it. Um, I would. Well, let's see. What are my options here? Very important. Someone important. We talk spirituality for you because I know. That, yeah, yeah. I would probably say at this point in time in my life, mm -hmm. it is probably someone important, but it's okay. it's moving up. Okay. As time goes on. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but you know, as, as I get older, yeah, the thought of my mortality is something that becomes more prominent, mm -hmm. you know, in, in your thoughts, you know, as you're getting older and you're having kids and grandkids and stuff like that. And you start thinking, oh gosh, man, I'm, I'm 53 years old. You know, it's like, uh, I can remember being young and being like 18 and going, oh man, I'm only 18. You know, I mean, old is like, you know, 30, 40 years from now, mm -hmm. you know, and now I'm getting into that 30, 40 years from now. And I, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to accept the idea that, you know, your, your past probably most likely, and you're an exception to the rule, you're probably past the halfway point. And so it's kind of like, what does that mean? What is that? Does it matter? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it should, you know, and, and you get into like thinking about those things where it's kind of like, so, you know, what, what, now that it's, it's on the horizon, <laughs> maybe I ought to think about this kind of stuff a little bit here. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, without getting into like a serious deep conversation, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's been on my mind, you know, especially after my dad died. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my sister just bought a house close by here. They're only like. They're going to be like 90 miles away versus, you know, hundreds of miles away. Mm -hmm. And they've been going through the house. They're selling the house. And they've been going through the house and going through the stuff, right? And they keep finding these things. And so like, here's this, you know, memento. Here's this thing or whatever and, and stuff. And so it's been heavy on my mind lately, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about, you know, uh, you know, my dad. And, and, you know, my dad was a very religious person. He, he grew up in the LDS church. He had a very set, you know, uh, set of beliefs and uh, mm -hmm. what happens when you die and where you go and, you know, all that stuff right. like that. And I think there was some peace that he had uh, when that, when he died, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's like it was it's just he knew what was going to happen. For me, I've always been, and you know this, and this is one of the things that I think you either hate or like about me. I love I, your that, honesty. I love I, your I question, honesty. I question everything. I just do. Yeah. And it's like... No, that that's not a hate. I love that about you. That, that that's, but you know would, what? It doesn't yeah. always. You know, the thing is, is like that's great, mm -hmm. and and I actually, I you know, I feel very comfortable in my own skin when it comes mm -hmm. to to opinions and things and stuff that we talk yeah. about and stuff. Right. Uh, but it doesn't exactly serve me well in this particular scenario. What What do you mean? What because particular scenario? Where it's you know, it's just like there are some people I've never understood. They're just like. I know. And I'm like, how do you know? You can't know. You don't, you don't know what's, you know, you can believe, 
you have faith that you're right, but you don't know. And, you know, and I've never understood mm -hmm. that mindset mm -hmm. where it's just like, I know mm -hmm. that when I die, this yeah. is what's going to happen. How do you know? You can't Because know. you experience it, right? You, you know. Mean, you, what, you died? No. You, you, can't, you, you didn't you, die you and go there and then go, hey, all right, I'll be back uh, when it's the right I, time. I'm not know? a biblical scholar. I don't claim to be. But right. I love, you know, these texts are trying to understand them. I think there was one, was it Paul of Tarsus who became St. Paul? He talked about, he said, I die daily. That was something said. Maybe, again, the scholars out there will debate about what that means. Yeah, listen. But the I, concept yeah. of, uh, of, look, I did die. Remember that? That near-death experience. I know, but I you had. know what I'm saying, too. Yeah. It, it's kind of, you can have a near-death experience and, and stuff like that. So, I mean. But the key but, word is experience that I say is different than belief. Yeah, you have belief about your experience, but it's, if it's your experience, it's not like I'm trying to convince you that my experience was real for you, too. No, it was I real get for it. me. I get, no, I get it. And I totally, I, you know what I hate are the people that do try and do that, right? Yeah, of course. It's I like, know, get, like get, get off my lawn it yeah. suddenly comes into play there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it's like uh, I understand that some people, for, however they got there, they got there. And that's good. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that gives them a certain amount of comfort. You know, uh, versus me, it's like where I'm at right now in my life, right now, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess whenever that time comes, I'm going to find out. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and and I'm not really like freaked out about it. Um, you know, and, and it, at the same time, it's kind of like I, I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. We're thinking, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, you know, when time... Well, you know, I talk about... To Here Michael, we go, you know? I mean, I don't know. I have no I idea. I talked to Michael Bednarik about it, you know, and Michael has been on death's door for a lot of years, up and back, there and back, right? Almost there, and he finds a way back. And, you know, we talk about mortality issues, Michael. I and mean, he's like you. He's like, he doesn't know. He's pretty, uh, I would say, not religious for sure in terms of his spiritual beliefs. I don't know that he believes much about what happens. He's just, I'll find out. But he does say, you know, when I die, liberty is no longer my problem. <laughs> you know, we talk about the struggle for it. And he's right. funny about that. But honestly, you know, as I say, my claim, proclaimed knowledge or comfort or even I know about that is based on my experience, not just a belief about it, having an experience. And, you know, we could say about my experience is like, well, it's not real for you because you didn't have it. But when I had my experience of leaving my body when I was in that near-death thing when I was a kid, it's as it's, it's real or more real than anything I can experience here in terms of what I could touch, taste, smell, all of that stuff, the, the senses. And so as we've had a number of NDE or spiritually transformative experiences, STE people on, mm -hmm. they're talking about many people are having these inexplicable experiences. And sometimes it, it works out in their faith of their childhood that they can explain. Sometimes they don't have an explanation for it and they, they, they move on. They got to find a place. What, where does it make sense? What is this? They're not, no one's given me any sense of what it was I experienced. They can't, they don't have the language for it or they tell me it wasn't real. And that, that sucks. That's like, that's like me telling you, Super Don, that what I believe you have to believe is the same thing as you told me what I believe is not real or what I experienced is not real. In See, and I don't, case, I don't, I don't, and I don't, I, I don't feel no, that way. And I no, don't, you don't, I know, that. I know that because no. I, I am, I am the true agnostic of the bunch. I really am. Okay. Because to me, it's yeah. like, if I, if I had to put my finger on something and say, okay, this is what I believe. This, mm -hmm. this is as close as I could get to it. I believe yeah that when we die, 
that there is something that happens we, something goes somewhere okay i don't know what that is where that is how that is i don't know mm-hmm. i believe that something continues i believe that energy is real yeah i've had some experiences in my life where i you know you just get feelings and and things you know some people would would, would uh you know uh, equate to a coincidence mm-hmm. right yeah. which to, you know when that happens you kind of go, I don't know, that seems like more than just a coincidence, you know, you just have a, it's just how you feel about it, right? Sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I can't sit there and say to somebody, you know what, here's what happens. And then when this happens, mm-hmm. then you go here and then this happens. And then this, you know, uh, you know, th- that's all stuff that's written in a book somewhere. And, and, and I just don't trust it. I, I, I try don't. to take, you know, book knowledge and put it into experiential knowledge to validate it for me. That's how I yeah. do it. And, and, then, and, and dude, that's where you're at. You've had yeah. those experiences. For me, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I just can't imagine mm-hmm. how, wh- how does that happen that you have like an experience and suddenly you're just like, Oh, and you just hey man, that that is what's going on. I know it for a hundred percent. No, I know it's. And I would love you, to. I would love to find that place, but I I've never been able to get there. It's just right. like, you know, well, when I, you I'm too do, much that, of a skeptic. It's it's probably right. too much head going well, on here you're, in, in this situation. But it's this super D. You are right me. about that. The headspace, the mental thing. Yeah. Our belief system is powerful, and if we believe it's just that stuff's far out, it's very hard. To transform, you know, as I've talked about my journey into homeopathy before I knew what it was, as I said, as I prayed to God for healing, then I was sent principles of living and spiritual stuff that I had to practice, put into practice to open me up to get beyond my mind, which wasn't helpful and beneficial for my healing at that moment. It was more of an obstacle and I had to move beyond. it. I had to break the patterns of even belief within it so I could see beyond it now. When I went to Africa twice, to West Africa, I've talked about some of the stories uh, of interacting with the people there. Even, you know, whether it be Christian people or not Christian people, that they have a different belief about their very lives and and realities that we can't conceive of, that things will appear before their very eyes. Apparitions that are not ghostly, that are just like people and then disappear before their very eyes. And and that's not abnormal to them. That's like, that's part of the way they've brought up. And is that because they believe it or their minds are not prohibited from seeing it yeah. no and, and look, so and i believe in i look yeah. i i i acknowledge that those things i believe those things can be real um mm-hmm. i have i have uh, i think i hear that you. i know personally yeah that um can feel things and sense things and talk with people that have have have, have died and yeah. um i can't explain those things mm-hmm. i can't experience those things but they do and i believe them um, there's a, a comment in the in the chat room from Marge here. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she say that that uh, she will always pray from a distance for me to believe, to start in believing in God. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I, I I believe that there is something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. I believe that there is something. That, you know, obviously now whether it's the guy with the beard in the sky, or if it's if it's an, a, another. You know, it's some just something, something higher yeah. than me, a higher power, whatever you want to call it. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I don't have a name for it. I don't think I need a name for it. Uh, but I believe that there's, you know, there's something going on. There's just mm-hmm. too many things that that just yeah. don't make sense to me. 
Mm -hmm. uh, that could be explained by, you know, like, uh, you know, a skeptic or something. Pure rationality, right? Yeah. Extreme rationality. Leslie agrees. I don't understand. Leslie agrees with me. She says belief and experience is different. That's what I was trying to explain that we might perceive that somebody has a belief, but then they walk as if they know. Now, again, it's different when they beat you over the head with their quote unquote, I know this and you should know this too. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just they walk differently. They have a different energy. And like the people we've talked to with STEs and NDEs have described that time and time again, that they were this way, they had this experience, now they're this way. And it transformed them to where it's beyond just belief, beyond yeah. belief, right? And that's what I, you know, I see in my experience. And many people have their own version of that, however that manifests. Hey, Steve Feld, I think he's in the audience. He's in the chat room. Dude, I've been chatting with him because I have some no questions about some computer-related questions and stuff like that. Okay. And, um, yeah, I've been going back and forth with him here. And it was funny because the last message that he sent me, uh -huh. he obviously had been watching the show. Okay. Because we were talking about computer deals and all that stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, he, he said here, he says he's going to subscribe to an email news blast letter alert for computer <laughs> deals. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Steve. That's what we missed. So he heard me oh. giving you a hard time earlier, but uh, yes. yeah, it's good to... He's been busy. He's been he has busy. been busy. Like, yeah. talk about building at home all the things he's doing. Yes. Oh, hey, Stevie, I got this question for you. Up near where you live, I bought a replacement basketball backboard and hoop because the, the, uh, the plastic backing cracked and I couldn't, I couldn't find anything to replace it. So I went to the original company and I, and I bought it, but it's up near you. I don't know if you have time in the midst of all your building. You can pick that up for me, and then I can come get it from you or the next time you're down in this area. But I want to get back to playing hoops with the kids. We love doing that, and I haven't been able to do it this season. So uh, I'll just talk talk to you later about that. It's Again, it's up near you where, where it is. That's what I saw. Uh, anyway, let's see. Uh, what else? Um, comments, questions. Yeah, this is – and by the way, Steve says, I miss you all so much, and this is the best post-show discussion ever. This is the kind of thing, if we were on the couch, it would be awesome. Although, if you were on a couch, you said you'd go to sleep. I might, yeah, if I yeah. get too comfortable. Right? I'm, still, I'm still planning on getting the stand-up. I'm, I'm just going to get one of those extender things, you know? Yeah, that's what um, I have here. I just haven't, haven't pulled the trigger on the yeah. on the cost of it yet. But. Yeah, I bought mine through like Facebook Marketplace or one of those uh, Craigslist things. So I got to use one that was like new for a great deal. They've got one on... on, on uh, you know, the place where you buy stuff that nobody likes, but I still buy stuff there. Okay. Uh, Amaslam for Amaslam. like a hundred. Yeah. It's like 150 bucks, which isn't, isn't too bad. Okay. But, um, that's yeah. what I'm, I'm going to do. So beyond anyway, logic, not beyond belief. Did I'm you see Steve Leslie. compared you and I to, uh, uh, Mulder and Scully. How come I have to be Scully? Damn. Cause you're the skeptic doctor. I got to put on a wig. I believe anything and everything people tell me. I'm the gullible I'm not, one, right? See, but I'm not 100%, you know? I know. It's I'm not, not exactly. All, right. I, I'm the right-in-the-fence guy. So yeah. it's like, you know, Marge asks on uh, on, on uh, Twitch, she says, do you believe in a creator or did we evolve? Mm -hmm. From slime, Super Don. From slime. Primordial slime. You know slime. what? I, I'm one of those. Yeah, again, I'm going to be the agnostic guy, right? Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't, I don't, I think it might be... I, I don't hey, think it's this? all the way. I don't. Yeah, official stories. Darwinism so. is dead, dude. Dude, I I think I believe that there may be truth mm -hmm. to both sides. Yeah, that it's not all one side or all one the other because is there are the there the are point? there are flaws mm -hmm. in both explanations. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, okay, and I know that won't go well probably with Marge, 
Yeah. But that that's where I'm at. That I think that there's 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 more to it than what either side. I think everybody loves your says. refreshing, open honesty about all of this. That's Dude, I'm, I'm too old to not be. You know, it's just like there was a time. There was a time when I was much younger that I had mm-hmm. I had an ego. Yep. Um, and I was always right. Did we and meet gonna, at that point in time? You. I was going to prove. Meet? We didn't meet huh? then, did we? No. And you wouldn't have liked me then. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, you get kicked in the teeth by life enough times, and mm-hmm. suddenly you become humble, and yeah. um, your perspective on things changes. So, yeah. So anyway. Did I see a comment from Michael Bolden in the chat room about the, the Starbucks in his building is closed because it's too dangerous? Michael, get out of there. Dangerous Hell. for what? Just they, they've been uh, robbed or, or threatened or, or I don't know that people come in and do things. So they had to close it. They're closing a bunch well, of, you know, every time there's any, ki- any type of, uh, uh, you know, a thing going on, people are violent or angry and stuff like that. The first thing you do is they smash the windows of the Starbucks. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Why is Starbucks that? never fare well in a riot? I don't know what it Weird. is, but it's just everybody targets. Leslie, Starbucks. Leslie says that she thinks you and James would get along really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. It's you know, life is an interesting thing, and and you know this for whatever reason today was normally our 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 post uh, show uh, conversations don't quite go this this direction, but you know it's just and this is before I get on the couch or the lounger, so that's I pretty know. good. That's a good right. sign where it's going. I like it. I like it. I think Rick Jaffe was cool. He's always fun to talk to. I can always throw things out at him, and he just game. He'll go with it and. uh that was fun, and of course, Ty was enjoyable with his annoying muscles. Right here, I am yes. trying to get bigger. I'm still doing the uh, the IGF one, and I got to see Christopher Key. I think I recorded something with him at the uh, Red Pill Expo. We need to get a hold. You did of that. I saw yeah. that actually? Yeah. yeah. Is there a way to get a hold of that so we can have it for later? Yeah, I, I think I have it. I think I downloaded it. Okay. And didn't I? Did I do two interviews? I think I did another interview with uh, an air freshener, not fret like an air fr- uh, like an air purifier kind of thing as well. Mm. Anyway, yeah, we, we I've been reading about those actually. There's one in particular I've seen a number of people uh, talking about it's called the Air Doctor, and I think we had somebody not too long ago ask us about that. And... Yeah, there's that, and there's the one I just encountered. So uh, we're looking into that. Like we want to get good things for I you. I mean, is that, is that something? You, I, don't, I don't know. People would be interested. In I yeah, I would consider can... if I can you know, look a little deeper into these things. But I know that no. that he's that guy was supporting Christopher Key's effort with the vaccine police. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we did the so. Why are we talking sofa? Because uh, the, the the Friday and Monday show from Indianapolis, I did from the hotel room, and they had a nice little sofa. And I was just kind of hanging out and relaxing. And then on, on Monday's show, uh, we had Stan. Stanford Graham was with me in that. Just hanging out on the sofa. Yeah, yeah, just hanging out chatting. It was yeah. cool. I thought yeah. it was cool. So yeah. we've been talking about maybe what we do is, is uh, do a particular part of the show, whether it's like the bonus time or something like that. Uh, of you on the sofa would almost Couch be like sessions. a like a segment of it. We yeah. could call I don't know what sofa talk. I don't church know church chat. With yeah, the church lady. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So uh, my plan is this afternoon to go work out because I haven't been able to since I got home Monday, Tuesday. Well, actually Tuesday I wasn't able to, and today is Wednesday. This morning I couldn't because I did the the, the talk for the Sisters of Liberty. So uh, they said there's like a special event at one of the nine rounds that they own uh, where it's like five rounds of uh, uh, sparring, basically, and four rounds of challenge of the week type chow stuff. 
So it's going to be an intense one, and I haven't been in it in a while. So I'm going to I'm going to hit another dose of my IGF one. I'm going to take another dose of uh, uh, Cardio Miracle, and I'll be I'll be ready to have at it. See what happens. If I'm limping tomorrow or the next day, it's because I, I worked it out really hard and I'm sore. So we'll see. All right. I'll remember the arnica as well. Don't don't, don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I promise that I will attempt to try and get this stupid chair taken care of today. Desqueakify it. And also, um, what else? There was something else. <clears throat> what else? is The video from Zoom. Yeah. AMA. I have it. I, need, I still need to get that uploaded. <clears throat> yeah, I finally got Zoom to work again. That was on the yep. deal. But. Did we select a date already for our AMA for uh, July? I think so. Did we? I think we did. Oh, I don't yeah. remember. Yep. It is uh, Tuesday the 26th. Of July? Okay. Yep. So, yeah, we've lost some some patron supporters. So, uh, Michael Bolden, help us out. Hook us up. You're the guy. You set us straight. Uh, we need to get on there. Some and, people made room for some other people. Yeah, so we got some more room for you. We're doing some... I mean, like I said, the giveaways have been great, dude. That's alone is more than made up for anything, for the most part, with a few exceptions at the super, super support level. Uh, most people have gotten more than they've given, and I don't say that in a complaining way at all. I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to give thanks to our some of our sponsors to make it possible. So uh, we've been it's been fun to give stuff away too. But thank you all, even if it's just sharing the show. My gosh, thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, anything else? So their email blasts? No, their newsletters. I, I'll get it yes. eventually. I'll figure it out eventually. It might take a while. Look how long it took me to pronounce Robbie Kulasekera's last name. It took me a that's, while. That's true. Yeah. This is true. The AMA, the 26th, which is a Tuesday, thanks to Murdoch. Murdoch won on that one. Yep. And Leslie's going to join us there. Maybe James can come in and commiserate with Super Don to see why they get along so well. <laughs> and and Bolden, do you have an escape plan during the summer in case the Starbucks or other things close where you are? I know that it's beautiful weather. I get it. But, dude, I don't want you in a danger zone. You or Sarah Beth. I know life is dangerous. I know. That's not what I'm saying. Vegas? No, not Vegas. That's not good either. But I've been there, hang out there from time to time. All right. So we did not feel sorry for you, Murdoch. You, you, yeah, you voted loudest and first and said that's the date. And we decided that's how the 26th Tuesday became it. So if he's in Missouri, Leslie. Okay. Well, if he's there. All right, I'm about done, and I don't have a couch. i got to get ready to do a workout, so I'm going to get stretched out, warmed up, take some stuff, and uh, go out there and hit the heavy bag and more and see how I do. All right, well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Who did I say we got tomorrow? We've got... Emord. Emord and Dr. Simone Gold. Simone Gold, that's pretty cool. Looking what? forward to that. That's in the second hour. Is Simone going to join us? Hour two, yep. Hour two, okay. Cool. Love you all. Thank you for being here. May the blessings be all that stuff. Super Don, thanks for your honesty and integrity, and your squeaky chair will soon be not squeaky. I, I will try and do that today. All right. All right. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. See ya.